Howdy, everybody. And shalom, my brother. <laughs> I'm Robert. <laughs> I'm trying to get in touch with my Jewish roots. I know. Like, that's going to happen. And I'm Ira. And this is Money Shot. And this week we have with us a couple of beautiful guests. Oh, come now. No, not you guys. Oh. Okay. I'm talking about the ladies behind you. Uh, where? In, in the booth behind you. Yeah, we should be so lucky. Oh, sure. Like we have a booth I, in the studio. Uh, so about the open window across the street. <laughs> yeah, the lady changing <laughs> behind you guys. No, from uh, a kind of blast podcast, we have Matt Cooper and Dustin Emery. Gentlemen, thanks for showing yeah. up. Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah. Please call me Cooper. Uh, all right, Cooper, and should we call you Whatever E? Whatever you want. Oh, whatever you want. Okay, so Cooper and whatever you want. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the new film, the new Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan film, The Foreigner. But And I guess after that we're going to be talking about our top five favorite For, char- foreign characters in films. I love it. Because you've had trouble with this. And I, 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 love, I, I love throwing you under I, the I, bus. I, I yes, feel top- bad I had some trouble with it. Too. Yeah. Thank you. See, I'm, I'm not alone. Top five foreign characters in films. But before we do that, I want to peel back the, the brains on you two and know a little bit more about you. Now, Coop, uh, we go back to the 30 Love film production days because yes. you did our sound. Yeah. Uh, me, uh, a combination of me and uh, an insane pirate-like gentleman named Crosby. Yes. And, uh, that's, that's where we first met, and I... I never thought that it would bring me to uh, to where I am today. <laughs> and fortunately, it has. And then, uh, and then, so Dustin, what's your what's your background? Oh, um, I'm just a hobo that showed up on Coop's couch one night, you know, talking mean about podcasts. You're yeah. remarkably well dressed for a hobo. I must, oh, I, I must I say, I cleaned him up before I brought him over here. Yeah, nicely yeah, done. No, we we um, work on and off with a group of guys named Coat Wolf. Um, it's kind of this crazy group of filmmakers that. Uh, we've worked with a lot in the past yeah for years yeah. uh wolf productions they're the ones behind uh bellflower uh chuck hank and the san diego twins is the next film that they're releasing and uh they're currently in pre-production for uh their newest film canary yeah so i, I, I you've heard me talk a lot about bellflower on this oh, podcast yeah. i oh, love yeah. bellflower and uh we found out that that coop that you had even just a, a, a rough association with Coat Wolf, I was about to come in my pants because uh, I saw Bell, Bellflower at Sundance that year and I just lost my shit. Yeah, I uh, I hadn't even realized that... Um, I kind of forget sometimes how widespread Bellflower has become because uh, for me it was just the film that my friends Evan and Joel were working on forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's still kind of weird realizing that they... They have fans and people that respect them because I sure as shit don't. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I know. At one point, I, I I did my very very best to come through to to try and get uh, you and Evan together to yeah. uh, to talk about Thirty Love before it came out, right? And trying to get a hold of Evan is but that motherfucker. It's, it's grasping at water. Wow, he is, he's a he's a unique man. Very eloquently put. <laughs> Grasping at water. So walk us a little bit through yourself. So Dustin, I'm going to start with you. I want to know a little bit about your background with film and uh, where did you grow up and, and, and what's your relationship to, to films and, and movie going? Um, I grew up in a little town called Ojai, California. Great. That's nice. Ira, what about you? you Ojai. I know Ojai. Oh yeah. We all know Ojai. 
a great place. Heck of a town. Um, so anyhow, very down to earth people. Yeah, very. Um, <laughs> yeah, like in the earth. earth. No, 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 no. They're up in space. Yeah. They're high on everything they can get their hands on, um, <laughs> including life. To be fair, <laughs> but uh, so anyway, I, um, you know, I, I just got into uh, post production. Um, just happenstance, there was an opening at uh, some job where I actually cut my teeth on uh, uh, Avid and Final Cut, and then you know, worked in editing for a long time, and that's where I met Joel Hodge, which okay. is, you know, brings us back to Coat Wolf and everything like that. And Wh- Where was that that you had, had done that, that you met Joel? Um, it was a post house called uh, Quarter Mile, Quarter Mile Films okay. uh, in Ojai, California, where we edited tons and tons of horrible reality TV, mostly based in automotive stuff. Okay. Yeah, um, and boats like extreme boats, ex- extreme cars, yeah. extreme everything, extreme <laughs> motorhomes. Yeah, yeah, extreme recreational vehicles. Yeah, I I worked there for about three months. Yeah, four months, something like that. It was a it was, it was a chore. Working and Coop, what about you? Where are you from? Uh, originally born and raised in Oregon, but I, I've lived in California longer than I've lived in Oregon. So I really consider myself more of a Californian now. Okay, um, and, and where do you guys do you guys live? In Los Angeles area now, or uh, we both live in Ventura together. Actually. Ventura, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, me and him, we uh, we share a place there that we also record the podcast out of. Yep, it's uh, kind of cramped, but it gets the job done. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've listened to your podcast uh, a, a few times. No, <laughs> it was nice. Uh, Iconoblast podcast. Tell us a little bit about the podcast itself. Uh, the the general idea came about uh, just from. <clears throat> uh, Dustin and I sitting around and... I'm sorry, could, could you deepen your voice just a little bit? Yes, I can try. Thanks, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's just a I'll little a too high-pitched for me. Um, <laughs> no, um, so the, uh, the initial idea came about from Dustin and I just sitting around playing video games and talking and kind of sharing random little tidbits of trivia about different celebrities. It's like, you know, oh, so-and-so has a movie come out. It's like, oh, did you know they raped somebody once? Like, really? Yeah, um... <laughs> Yeah, I, we were all saying the same thing about Sharon Stone. I mean, it's just like... Yeah, she's handsy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't remember who it was first, but... Um, uh, you you know I, that's a lie because Sharon Stone doesn't have a movie coming out. But anyway. <laughs> oh, 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 that's even more harsh than Sorry, uh, sexual predator. Uh, it, I think the original inspiration uh, was actually Christopher Columbus. Um, oh. I, that, that's... At least, Oh my God, that's right. Yeah, which is funny because it finally came around to us uh, yeah. well, getting ready to do the episode. Yeah, stay tuned uh, for that. Yeah, we actually have a... Uh, I, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I was telling Ira about it that um, we have uh, found a very unique connection between Christopher Columbus and zombies and we have a very special October episode that we're mm-hmm. going to record. That sounds scary. It's spooky as heck. Yeah, not the parts of it that you would think would be scary. No. You're actually suggesting in this premise that zombies as we know them would not exist if it weren't for Christopher Columbus? That's not, that is absolutely that's correct. correct. Not, as, uh, not as we know them. and I, uh, Not just in terms of you know his discovering of America and uh, whatnot. It's... Uh, there's more to it than that. It's it yeah. was You'll surprising to, to us. Yeah. I think what they're trying to say is that Christopher Columbus was the first zombie. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Night of the Living Dead was based off of the voyage over to America. Very, yeah. very metaphorically. Yeah. Yeah. In fourteen ninety two, 
his skin turned blue. <laughs> you know, I, I have a new ditty. I've got a new ditty. When I was driving over here, I was actually trying to think of some way to, to come up with a 1492 rhyme that involved zombies. We just, just did it. You fixed you it. We, we just Thank did it. His skin did turn blue. <laughs> what are some of the more interesting things that you guys have come across in, in the podcast? Um, the, the Christopher Columbus research has opened my eyes to a lot of things. I think the, uh, I don't want to give away too much for that episode because it was so surprising to us that we want to save it as a surprise for everybody else. But yeah. the other person that we researched that I was just blown away by, by how much of a piece of shit they are was John Lennon. Yes, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. He beat women. He obviously infidelity, but that you could expect that, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, mentally and physically abusive towards his first wife, uh, mentally and physically abusive towards his son, Julian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just all around terrible, terrible guy. Yeah, uh, he dated Yoko Ono. Like, oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's probably the that's, worst crime against humanity. <laughs> uh, that, that's just the, I'd say that's the tip of the iceberg for him. At one point when they were uh, on their very first tour in Germany, uh, this was back in 67, I believe it was. Yes. Yeah, I think like it was 67. Uh, one of John's favorite shticks to do on stage was to uh, put a comb over his upper lip and give the Nazi salute and goose step around on stage imitating Hitler. And this mm-hmm. is this is just a like twenty years after the the end of World War Two. Uh, yeah. This is all very very fresh in everybody's minds. But he thought that it was hilarious to imitate Hitler. Yeah, that wow. that was his impression of Germany. So yeah. wait, that, that's not. Not good to do. So. Well, not well. That was my gig. That's what I was. He took my act. <laughs> no, yeah. enough time has passed now where everybody's okay, completely gotcha. over yeah, the whole. Holocaust. After when Mel Brooks jumped on board, it was okay. <laughs> gotcha. There you go. There gotcha. you go. Uh, the yeah. problem is he was using a a like a, a white comb. That's the problem. Yeah. It's they like no one got the reference. Yeah. Comb. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. They did, yeah. They Why has it got to be a black comb, Ira? Why has it got to be black? It's going there. Can't, it's African American comb. African American right? comb. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. fuck? I'm not sure yeah. which is more offensive. That's too honestly. Yeah. Wow. Just nigger comb. <laughs> there, I said yeah, it. Everyone's so. thinking it. I said it. All right. Michael Richards over here. Uh, <laughs> and our last listener just left. All right. Oh, yeah. John Lennon gives another meaning to give peace a chance. Huh? Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, yeah. not only that. Imagine no possessions, and this guy owns wow. one of the most expensive yeah. pieces of property in New York. Yeah. yeah. He owns seven apartments in the. Uh, what was that building called? The, the oh, the Dakota. The, mm-hmm. no, I, I, th- I thought it was like the Winchester. Was it the Dakota? The Dakota is where he got that, killed. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, that's it? where it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He owned seven apartments in there that that he used as. Interestingly, his uh, one of the films on my top five was shot at the Dakota. Really. Really. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So. So what you're saying is listeners are going to have to stick around until the end of the episode. Yep. Okay. We've got. See, I could have tipped it right there, but I didn't. <laughs> well, I, I was planning on getting out of here about halfway through, but now I'm sticking around. Oh no, no, no! I want you, I want you to leave now, please. I've, I've, I've already checked out mentally. So it's, it's, it's just getting rid of my. To be body. fair, Dustin, you never checked in mentally, so it's, <laughs> no, it's kind of known you. No. All right. So, but, uh, what else? Tell, tell us a little bit about how you guys go about your research for the podcast. Like, how do you? Where do you go to get your sources? And, and... Um, Wikipedia on the toilet. Yeah, that's a big part of it, is mm-hmm. a combination of Wikipedia and toilet time. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot of, a lot of time spent with uh, long hours with your legs falling asleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's rough. That's painful it, research. It, and it, very painful. We do it about an hour be- 
for an hour before we record, um, and then we just make the rest up. We make a lot of assumptions yeah. about the people we're talking about. Well, that's good. I mean, we, we make a lot of assumptions about the films that we're watching. So, <laughs> watching quote unquote, yeah. uh, snoozing through. Yeah. It, actually, it, it it takes uh, probably about I'd say thirty hours of research and writing per episode, uh, just going through. Uh, Wikipedia is like really the starting point to just find all the connections and everything like that. And from mm-hmm. there, you can go into the Library of Congress, and right. uh, there's uh, there's entire digital libraries online that you can really find everything you need. Google Books is another really good resource because yeah, you can Books just great. Um, for free you can get large portions of the books. They cut out little pieces, but you know it's generally enough that you can get some good quotes and enough of a uh, enough of the information. To, yeah. You, you were mentioning Library of Congress. I, I, don't, I don't know if I ever told you this. I used to date this girl who worked at the Library of Congress. And, uh, and she actually worked. It, she got to go in the stacks. And she said that it, it's fucking crazy because it's, it's all like uh, being John Malkovich because it's like these half floors. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, you, you kind of have to like crouch down. And she said it's just it's like blocks full of books and books and books. And there's so many books that they, uh, first of all, they, they, all the lights are motion censored when you go in there. And um, there's only a handful of people that are allowed to go in the stacks. So we, when you show up and you want a book, you have to request it and they go get it and bring it to you. When you go get the book, she said that it's all, uh, it, it's, it's like it's dark in the stacks. And then where you walk, the lights just like pop on because they're trying to save energy. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's like a spotlight on you wherever you walk. That sounds and she like said, something out of a horror movie. It, yeah. it is, yeah. And so that's what she said. It's really creepy because it's just, it's so empty and there's no one around. And she said, you can go down the, the her favorite thing to do would just be walking down the stacks and just go to a, any old aisle and pull a book off the shelf and open it up and hear that crack and know that that was the first time that book had ever been opened. Wow. Because there were just so many books. Oh, they wow. get like 13,000 items per day. It's crazy. She wow. said that they just have stacks. like They call them stacks, but they also have books that are literally stacked on the floor that aren't even filed. And they, they just can't even put it all away that fast. Jeez. It's insane how much stuff they have. People got to stop writing books. That's Seriously. Getting, <laughs> that's getting boring anyway. Yeah, that's the solution. My, my cat's writing a book right now. <laughs> 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 and that's it you, you mentioned that Coop when we first met him he was one of the two um, sound people involved with 30 Love Robert 30 Love is that available it's available him? on Amazon right mm. now Amazon Prime for it free is for free and, and you know even if you don't have Amazon you can rent it you can rent it for I think it's like five bucks isn't it yeah three bucks something yep. like that yep you could do that too and of course it's also on uh, YouTube rentals yes as well as on google play it is yeah. that's uh, a nice I little commercial right in the middle of the movie or right that? in the middle of the podcast yeah. i also went ahead and posted a pirated version just on youtube itself for you guys to get mm-hmm. you, really get you out there another yeah. one did you do that wow oh that, you guys already had that one? makes oh, two well, good too actually we did have some pirated copies oh, that, really? that floated up and we we had to file some uh copyright claims uh, on I, it i remember when uh when somebody first pirated bellflower and evan and joel were stoked they were so excited that somebody liked their movie enough that they they ripped it and put it on the internet but you know that obviously had to be taken down (laughs) um cool well anything else you want to ask our guests um welcome we're glad to have you here Thank you. Thank you so much for having us yeah glad to be all right well with that we got a few we got a little bit of business to take we do we do let's talk about movies that we've seen this week ah now gentlemen 
Our yes. two guests, I need to tell you this. Robert kind of rolls his eyes as I do a ditty taking us into each segment. Deep down, he really likes but it. But wait, aren't they going to do the ditty? Well, I thought I'd do this podcast. one, then they yeah. do the other one. We, I thought that everybody was supposed to roll their eyes when, yeah, that's what we did. when you read the poem. I liked it, Should I? but I still <laughs> rolled my eyes. Why don't you take this one and we'll have them do the dead Other part. movies we've seen during the last seven days. Some are stinkers, some we want to praise. Some are old, some are new. We now present The Week in Review. No, wait a minute. Hold up. Wait. Before we move on to Week in Review, mm-hmm. can you do it again? But I want you to do the whole thing. I'm going to direct you here, yeah, all yeah, right? Yeah. I want you to do the whole thing like your mother just got diagnosed with terminal cancer, okay? So am I my mother or my Ira? You are Ira. I'm Ira, but, but my your mom, mom is, just got is, diagnosed. And I only I know this. I'm privy to this information. Yes, but you're, you've been tasked with reading a really bad poem. And act. Does, does my mom know that I know? She, well, how? <laughs> no, not necessarily. See, I'm asking legitimate questions. I, I, that's your interpretation, Ira. I want you to take that and put it into your character. And Other movies we've scene. seen during the last seven days. Some are stinkers. And some we want to praise. Some are old. Some are new. We now present the week in review. Okay, that was good, but can you do it a little less <laughs> like you've been raped? And I, a little bit more like you're sad for your mom? I, I was thinking more like struggling to hold the gerbil in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I was pulling on my own experiences, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about... Movies that we've seen this week. So, gentlemen, I don't know if you've heard the show or not before, but we, uh, oh, yeah. we, we typically talk about movies that we've seen throughout the week. Have you guys seen any movies this week that you want to talk about? Yeah, I just saw Blade Runner, 20, <clears throat> Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, um, what'd you think? I liked it. Uh, I, I, that third act had Great. Some... Okay, none of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> that joke never gets old for Dustin. <laughs> oh, no, it's great. But I can't talk about it too much because... Uh, Coop hasn't seen it, yeah, and I because it I lost... You can't tell him that Deckard dies at the end? <laughs> Deckard dies at the end. Okay, Snape Who's kills Deckard? Dumbledore. I'm sorry. I still haven't seen the first Blade Runner, so... I what? Oh, Harrison Ford is Deckard. Oh. He's a replicant. <laughs> yeah. He is. Did they give that away in the in the movie? Oh, he is a replicant. I, yeah, I, I I don't know. I've never seen it either. That's just what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Dustin. What do you got? Uh... Yeah, no, it, it it was pretty cool for the first. I kept finding myself saying, "Oh wow, this is this is so great," and then it, you know, two hours in, Harrison Ford still hasn't shown up, and it turned from like, "Wow, this is so great," to how much longer do you want me to sit here with a full bladder? <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I don't even remember what happened. I, I said the same thing, but instead of full bladder, it was a hard on because I, <laughs> I was I was like in the leather phase, and I was like, "Come on, guys, I, I got a nut when I see Harrison's face." And yeah. I, I, thought, I thought it was because I was sitting next to you. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's why I was telling you to use the lube, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you guys think? You didn't find it long and laborious, huh? I think well, that's kind of no, what he said. That's actually yeah. what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I tried to be nice about it. I, I don't know why. As if Harrison's listening to us. <laughs> He's a huge fan. He's a huge fan of the podcast. I was going to go on Money Shot next week, but fuck it now. <laughs> that was a good Thanks Harrison. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I still embrace my previous argument of last week that any director that lets a film be released that's two hours and 45 minutes is irresponsible, and it's an exercise in masturbation. <laughs> It is. Yeah. Look what he's getting yeah. off. He's that jerking off. Well yeah, I do. I do yeah. believe that. And by the way, when you and our producer Joey came up with a list of all these other great films that were two hours and forty-five minutes or longer, the one thing I neglected to say was yes, but all those movies had an intermission. 
boom. Pulp Fiction didn't have an intermission. Pulp Fiction was in two hours. Yes, it was. was All right. All right. But your examples of Lawrence of Arabia, your example of Gone with the Wind, all those in their initial release did have an intermission. This thing Godfather had an intermission? Okay, you're missing my point. The movie was too (laughs) fucking long. Yeah, they they tried to make a big budget action blockbuster into a slow noir. Yeah, whatever. I could have used you last week. They were all ganging up on me. (laughs) We were not ganging up on you. Well, I I was a lone wolf, in my opinion. I was. Uh, you made a statement. I was reacting to the statement. Well, call me up next time and we can be two lone you. wolves. I could have used you, my bro. <laughs> my wolf. I think Craig had your back anyway. You know what he did, actually? Yeah. He, sort of. So you weren't alone. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I, you made a statement. I was saying, I thought it was a wild statement. So yeah, I, I went through and I was saying, I all right, well, I let's look at the right, films yeah. that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Forrest Gump, apparently, is... Uh, yeah, but those are good movies you're mentioning. This wasn't. Okay. Oh, well, I did. I, I did watch a good movie. Yeah. I actually watched it three nights in a row. I went to sleep to it each time. It's called The Miami Connection. Um, I and, see that. And there's a riff tracks of it up. That's just oh, okay. delightful. <laughs> um, check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. I'm gonna plug them for some reason. Oh yeah, give riff tracks a plug. <laughs> yeah. Coop, what movies did you see this week? Uh, well, I was like I was telling you guys earlier when we were coming out of the theater. I, I think it's probably been about a year since the last time I was in the theater. But I do watch a fair amount of movies at home. Uh, I'm a I'm a really big fan of horror movies. So that's uh, I've kind of been on, especially with Halloween coming up. I've kind of been on a horror kick. So I think the last movie that I watched was The Autopsy of Jane Doe, uh, which has Emil Hirsch. Um, <coughs> can't remember the other guy's name. Uh, great actor, but uh, all Jackie around Chan. Is, uh, yeah, Jackie Chan. Yeah, Emil Hirsch and Jackie Chan. Yeah. Um, Jackie Chan was playing an elderly white man. As Jane Doe, for some reason. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jackie Chan was actually Jane Doe. That was the twist at the end. Uh, but yeah, it was actually a, a really solid horror movie that just... Um, it was just uh, two... Uh, not morticians. Uh, what are the guys that do the autopsies? Not the morticians. It's a, like coroner. The cor- a coroner. coroner. It was a... a Two coroners doing an autopsy on a girl that was found at a crime scene, but nothing about her body makes sense. That, that sounded like the beginning to a really cool joke. <laughs> Two coroners. <laughs> oh, sorry, I couldn't finish it up. Uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, the, I try so hard to find good horror movies that can actually scare me without it just being a jump scare because a jump scare is just the the cheapest way that you can scare somebody. You're you're exploiting a natural response it's like a fart joke in the comedy world yeah exactly it's just like it it's, still gets you sometimes but it's too easy it's, it doesn't take any talent to do that um and i think the autopsy of jane doe was the last movie to actually give me the creeps um with some of the some of the the spooks that they had going on in it what was the short film about the coroner who was uh take that it's like one of the more disturbing films that's ever been released do you know what i'm talking about it's about a coroner who is doing an autopsy on a girl, and then he starts having sex with her. Uh-oh. Do you know? All right, hold it's on. It's not Boxing Helena. No, 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 no. Right. Uh, you, a little home you video sent me that a really made. offensive text not that long ago that was something along that line. That was just, <laughs> I want to fuck your dead body. That's what I said. Yeah, that's... I, I don't think that justifies it. <laughs> well, to be fair, who doesn't? Well, yeah. Ira, what movies did you see this week? 
I saw two. Actually, if you remember from last week, um, the movie Zipper, which I'm watching in 12-minute installments, as that's what I needed to do, and it serves its purpose well. Uh, Zipper was made in 2015, Richard Dreyfus, and hey, on Rotten Tomato, it's got a 17%, so yeah, I'm in for that <laughs> film. Uh, high-level politician who's obsessed and with, with uh, high-class call girls. Uh, escort service and it brings him down so I was watching Zipper but the other movie I watched um, have you ever heard of a film called called uh, Gerald's Game this is based on a I've Stephen read, I've you read, read the Stephen uh, King well actually um, I this is gonna knowing the the topic of the book this will sound strange but actually my mom used to read that to me uh, in chapters when I was younger uh, she that was kind a, of explains really a lot fucked up. <laughs> yes. this is really fucked up mom uh, read you she she read and heard it. She read me a lot of Stephen King stories. She would read my sister like uh, portions of Nightmare and Nightmares and Dreamscapes and Graveyard Shift. Um, and yeah, it just so Coop. This is about a woman who's handcuffed to the fucking bed. Yeah, it's <laughs> a great yeah. Very yeah. Naughty, naughty stuff happens to her. No, I was confused by it as a kid too. I wasn't that. I mean, I'd say I was probably like eight or something like that. He was thirty-two at the time. <laughs> this was last week. My mom was reading me a story while I was going to bed. Uh, this uh, it's very BDSM like, but that's not really what the story is about. There's a lot of backstory and other characters too. But she's she's tied down with handcuffs uh, for the entire film, and uh, I'll watch the second half. As a, in fact, I want to go home right now and watch the rest. Yeah. <laughs> just, in the mood, yeah, throw it yeah. On. Those are my two. The movie that I was talking about before was called Aftermath, and I think you can probably find it on YouTube or something. And uh, it's one of those movies. I went through a phase where I was trying to find the most offensive. Uh, scarring movies that were out there. A Serbian film. Yeah, um, Serbian film was up there, and definitely watch that. Uh, yeah, it, I, I can't think of anything. Worse. Human centipede. Is, you remember I used to call it human centipede is on there. Caterpillar. No, you called it the people caterpillar. <laughs> the people caterpillar. Okay, I'm making. You know those straight to like straight to blockbuster knockoffs that mm-hmm. they yeah, make like yeah. transmorphers and stuff. I'm yeah. making the human caterpillar. Yeah, cool. or the people okay. caterpillar. The people caterpillar. caterpillar. <laughs> that sounds cute. It does. I'm gonna, sounds I'm gonna make it a kids film. <laughs> yeah. Check out check out Aftermath and let me know what you think. Okay, yeah, it sounds right the, up my alley. That's not the Arnold Schwarzenegger Aftermath. No, okay. no. This is from 1994. It's like a it's a foreign film, but I don't even think there's any words in it. It's just a it's just really fucking gross. Yeah, for a mm-hmm. second, I I thought you were referring to the Stephen King short story. I I can't remember the name of it. I know that they made. Uh, a short film out of it, but it's about a man who's having an autopsy done to him, but he's not dead, and he has no way to, oh, to tell I, the coroner where he's he ha- alive. Yeah, I know what that movie was. Uh, where they made a movie about that. With, what was that? It was like 10 years ago with a guy. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. I Hayden think, Christensen was in it, I think. Really? I think so. I don't think I've actually... No, I, got, I've, I read the story. I haven't seen the movie. I, I know on, in the, I got, the I story, he uh, uh, his life is saved by getting a boner. <laughs> You'll have to read the book to figure that one out. <laughs> I don't think I want to read it now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to be reading Maybe, that one. Uh, Awake. I think that's what it was. Awake. Let me pull that yeah. up. Yeah. Hang on. I think. I think. I think that was. It was in. Yeah. So here's shift compilation. Well, this was no week was just that was just for regular surgery. Awake. Uh, this is the, this is the summary. It says a wealthy man undergoing surgery becomes awake. Right. Becomes aware during a heart operation, unable to move or call out, discovers his surgeon's plan to kill him. Right. So that's different than autopsy. Oh, okay. Maybe it wasn't an autopsy. They were surgeons uh, planning to do 
to transition into an autopsy. <laughs> it was going right. to change yeah. to an autopsy. Right. It was also yeah. done as an Alfred Hitchcock Presents. It was where the man was still um, alive. And, so, and, and you, you got a heart on? No, you know what happened? <laughs> there was a slight tear that was going down, his, and that's how they realized he's still alive. And then they said, quick, crying. cut, 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 kill him. <laughs> no, I like him getting a boner better. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I do too. Little, I do too. No, I'm, I'm pretty From sure the that, mind of Stephen King. <laughs> I, I don't know. I swear the one that I was, uh, the one that I read, it, it was during an autopsy because... Uh, you read it during an autopsy? No, no, I didn't. It was during his autopsy. <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain it was. Uh, eh, doesn't. Matter. It may not have been awake, but okay. Robert, what did you see? I saw a few movies this week, but uh, two I want to talk about. One is called The Bronze, and it was a comedy about a. Uh, yeah, I have I have I had this weakness for sports comedies, as you know, and uh, this is about a gymnast who. She took bronze in the Olympic Games, and now she's kind of come back home to her town, and she's been tasked with having to train this uh, new up-and-coming gymnast. And she's just all full of piss and vinegar and and, and hates everyone, and and she's a complete dick. Kind of like the female version of... uh, What's the guy from the HBO TV show where he's always... Uh, uh, Kenny Kenny Powers? Uh, It's with Kenny Powers, but it's not Kenny, Kenny... Kenny Powers was the... That's the uh, that's the friend, wasn't it? Uh, are talking about yes? Uh, we're on the same track. Eastbound and down. down right? Eastbound and down. Danny yeah, yeah. McBride. Danny, Danny McBride. McBride. Yeah. So like every character awesome Danny McBride plays, plays very good in Alien Covenant. So it's the female version of Danny McBride, basically, and uh, and so she has to train this. So hot. <laughs> same same Jerry Curl. <laughs> yeah, same thing. I'm hoping same body type. And it was all right. It was okay. But then I also watched it's a good title. The bronze? bronze, yeah, 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 it's good. Too. And it then should I, just be bronze. It I shouldn't so. have the word the. In I front think of so too. Like yeah. yeah, Well, it's, you like sports comedies. How do you feel about basketball? I feel like I don't know. Sports comedies to me are like pizza. You know, the worst is still pretty still, decent. Still you know what I mean? Good. Yeah. So, uh, so like the basketball, I like this. Okay. I'm okay with basketball. <laughs> basketball is the little Caesars. Yeah. One of the five dollar pizzas. Yeah, but yeah. I'll, I'll still eat it. Yeah. Uh, and then I also saw. A film that uh, Ira bought for me for my birthday. I hadn't had a chance to watch until recently called Fifty Shades of Grey. I live that. I don't watch it. <laughs> he just showed me his slideshow. <laughs> I watched The Train, 1964, 63, I want to mm-hmm. say, something like that, and uh, with uh, Burt Lancaster. And did his own stunts for yes. that movie. Yes, that famous scene where he's scaling down the ladder and then running onto the train. Yeah, and that was a hell of a stunt. Also, him falling down the hill did That's not right. look uh, right. like it was a piece of cake either. That's correct. Did some really cool stunt work in that movie. And uh, it, it really held up well. Beautifully shot. Yes. Frankenheimer. I love John Frankenheimer. And uh, and that was a film of his that I hadn't seen until now. So I, right. I really I want to thank you for I'm really glad I, I was able to turn you on to it. Yeah. It's a terrific movie. It's a great one. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm familiar with that one. What's the? Uh... It's it's very much like the Monument Men. Right. Uh, it's about how the Nazis are stealing artwork, and uh, it's actually based on a true story where That's the correct. the French resistance were basically trying to prevent the Germans from taking the artwork back to uh, back to Germany, and they were doing oh. everything they could to kind of all the artwork was loaded on this train, and they're trying to keep the train from going to Germany and just stalling it and blowing up the tracks, everything they can, and then of course the German government is you know, bringing in cranes to put the train back on the track and keep it going. 
And um, and it, awesome. it's interesting. Yeah, that, that it really is. Good. And you know, the bombing raid of the train—they actually did destroy that. I don't know if you heard the commentary yeah. or not. I didn't see it's the commentary. It's all fascinating. The cinematography, the depth of field. Yeah, it's beautiful. The depth of field was incredible. Black and white photography. It's a great movie. I highly recommend it to you, gentlemen, as well as all of our listeners. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about who died this week. Mm. Should we have somebody else? Or I should... think so. Yeah. Let's let's a gentleman. Um, uh, please. Just what I bracketed. Make sure it's. Only the portion that's bracketed. I, okay, so now I with almost feels, have it memorized yep. anyway, but you would uh, think. Of, the, now, uh, this do we do it at the same is... time, or do we kind of trade? Oh, like a duo call and turp. Right, this is a duo and turp. You know, we're gonna leave that up to you guys. Okay. Okay, I'll uh, I'll do one. You do two. Sure. So, and now the moment we have to say. The following. Okay, that was, that was a little too long of a pause there, Dustin. All right. I, we're, I we're, thought we're, he was gonna do the first bracket. Yeah, okay, that's okay. We're gonna try it again. Okay, we ready? Okay. And. And now the moment we have to say the following. Okay, people. okay, uh, Dustin, that was good, <laughs> but just not not quite my tempo, right? Okay, so okay. just a little bit faster. Are you are you uh, just kidding, Simmons? Could I could I get just a, kidding, uh, Simmons? That's his name, right? Yeah, J.K. Simmons. In, 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 in a, guys. In oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. drumming, the drumming movie. Yeah. yeah. Could yeah. I get a different partner for this? No, no, no. Coop. No. Uh, what we want to see is how you work with even inexperienced actors. Okay, so uh, let's okay. go ahead and see what you got, and then whenever you're ready, uh, gentlemen. I just want these are my words. Don't let me down. Ah, oh, shit. They're beautiful. Okay. And now the moment we have to say the following. Dustin, if you could just, <laughs> just <All right>. a <laughs> little. Okay. okay. The following people passed away. Yes. Nailed it. Okay. And now the moment we have to say the following people have passed away. Gotta tell you, unfortunately we must. The following people have turned to dust. Yeah. Dustin, woo, 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 woo. Dustin you got it. Coop, you're fired. Awesome. Uh, Get the fuck out of here. Uh, Bringing that weak thanks, ass thanks shit. Anyway, can I still use you guys as a reference? No, I'd All be right. honored. Catch you later. I'd be honored. <laughs> we lost the following people in our industry in the last seven days. Um, by the way, there's there's some that, that's going to be quite disturbing. We did lose a very important. Um, figure in our industry not to say all these people Tom aren't Eddie. important in their own way uh terry downs 81 british boxer but he was also an actor and he's in a film called the fearless vampire killers i never heard of that film i googled it 1967 uh, it was starring and directed by roman polanski wow and it starred roman he was in it <laughs> with sharon tate before they got married, the Tate Lombianca Was that before uh, she got murdered or after? <laughs> but isn't that interesting? I mean, and they also turned autopsy. it into a musical. <laughs> they, they turned it into a musical during her autopsy. I'm still alive. Okay, all right. Uh, we also lost 91-year-old uh, Italian actor Gianni Bornagora. Nice. I know. How about that? But we also lost someone who's associated with television. I thought we could make an exception. We know this is a film podcast, but... 98-year-old Bob Schiller. Maybe that's a familiar name to you. He was a writer for I Love Lucy, All in the Family, The Carol Burnett Show. He won two Emmys in 71 and 78. And I just wanted to include him as well. We also lost 81-year-old Emmanuel Barzella, a Filipino film director. Of, of, he's a writer of a Heart Attack. And uh, I need to break this to you. It just happened literally about an hour and a half ago. You may not know. Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas finally did pass away 100 years old. And uh, perhaps you'd like to say something about... He was 100? Yeah. Wow. I can't believe he made it that long. Yeah. That's impressive. Fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Always got to have one little sour puss. (laughs) (laughs) 
So those are the people who passed away, but sometimes we like to broaden our definition of the dead corner and talked about people whose who's death of a career. Well, Robert, do you want to go with that? big career this week, uh, death of a career, Harvey Weinstein yeah. Oh. Yeah. is dead in the water. He's dead. Mm. That son of a bitch career. beat us to making a show about him. We were mm. going to do an episode about him, but mm. he just went ahead and outed himself. What yeah. a fucker. I know. Now our career's next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when... Uh, I, I'm curious what we what, what to say about this because there's there's a lot going on here. First of all, all right, I think I think everybody kind of knows that he's a piece of shit, and I think they uh, people within the industry had kind of talked about that for a while. Like they kind of knew that he was a piece of shit ahead of time, but um, but the fact that the academy kicked him out, I know, I'm not cool with that. I'm not either because he hasn't been convicted yet, and he needs to. Stand stand tall before the man. It's all hearsay. Yeah. It is hearsay. At this point? Yeah. What do you guys think I, about I'm that? I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think that the reaction is severe and inappropriate. I do. Really? I think the reaction is severe and inappropriate. Gentlemen? Um, I, uh, I listened to a recording online of him with one of the women that's, that's charged him with sexual assault. And it's disgusting. Uh, and frankly, I kind of think that he's got whatever's coming to him. Okay, I can. I would agree. I don't. I'm, this is not a. I'm not defending his actions. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, do you think that the academy should have kicked him out without having any of it gone to authorities or court or any of that? I honestly think that the the way that he conducted himself in that recording is enough to to condemn him for and, it. And maybe they know even more than we do. Yeah, and that's that's a good point. There's but, people that could be privy to even worse information than that and just finally thought that, okay, this is all like coming to light. Maybe it was better for them to cut ties and take action before everybody finds out the right. stuff that he's done. Because regardless, it's going to be a, a freaking circus. I mean, like you said, everybody kind of just as, either knows or assumes him to be a piece of trash. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Roman Polanski still got the Oscar for Best Director for The Piano. Mm -hmm. this the Pianist. After, pian, thank you. You're right. The, the Pianist. pianist yeah. Thank you. Uh, after the incident with the 13-year-old mm -hmm. uh, yeah. on Mulholland Drive, which was, which was rape, which was yeah. rape, which oh, I think is yeah. so much worse. Woody Allen movies. We're still flocking to Woody Allen. Yep. A, he's a prolific writer, director, and people are still going to see his movies. Yeah. Why with Harvey would they kick him out of the Academy? No, uh, the That's a very good question. Pe people I, loved the movie Powder. Oh, yeah, the director of Powder was a, He's uh, a child, well, he even, child, yeah, child molester and, well, rapist, and he went on to continue making movies after yeah. that. Yeah, uh, he, he actually just released the latest Jeepers Creepers 3. Mm -hmm. uh, now, his first movie was called Clown House. Uh, it's actually Sam Rockwell's first role ever. Huh. Love Sam uh, Rockwell. Sam Rockwell's awesome. I yeah, he's him. my favorite. But, um, yeah, mine too. Moon. <laughs> we um, talked about that last week, I think? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I love that movie. But um, yeah, back on Clown House, uh, the main kid um, in that movie, during the filming of the movie, uh, uh, the director, I can't, do you remember his name? Uh, not off the top of my head. I just remember he's the director of Powder and Jeepers Creepers. Uh, but during the, the filming of this movie, he, you know, multiple times uh, sexually assaulted this little boy. Filmed, was, uh, filmed some Filmed of some of it. Yeah, but the boy probably had it coming, right? I mean, well, we're not arguing that. And the we're boy probably liked whether it. Whether or not he, he liked deserved it. it, it's still illegal. 
He, well, well the, the little boy had a lot to say about it when uh, people were flocking to powder. He was saying, uh, he, you know, he was very uh, adamant that people don't go see this movie and shame on Disney and all this stuff like that. And uh, a representative from Disney said something to the effect of, had we known before we started, then it'd be a different story, but eh. The money's already spent. You yeah. can't unrape the kid. What are you going to do? Right. Let's recoup some, some loss here. But I guess, uh, powder notwithstanding, <laughs> what about Harvey Weinstein? And, I, I mean, I'm, I don't want to defend any of his actions. No, what he did was wrong, but I think what we're trying to say is that there seems to be an overreaction that's inappropriate. Is that what you're saying? That's what, That's I'm, what saying. I'm saying. I mean, I can understand the, the company distancing themselves from him and Absolutely. saying, "Look, you Absolutely. have to leave." But to say kicked out of the academy that seems a bit extreme. And I it's, mean, it's Miramax. Bad... This is Miramax we're talking. No, it's not but, Miramax. He sold Miramax hard, to Disney but, but back I, in no, the no. But he was part. He was no. He sold Miramax to Disney back in the '90s. This is now the Weinstein Company. He once Miramax got sold, he was no longer part of it. He started right. the Weinstein Company as right. afterwards. Right. So this is now the Weinstein Company. I understand. Mm-hmm. But when Miramax was active, that was with his brother, correct? The Weinstein brothers? In part, but then they sold okay, it and they okay. used that name to carry on. So Got after it. like Pulp Fiction. What mm. am I trying to say? A lot of quality films. That's right. all I'm trying to say. Uh, executive yeah. producer oh, credit for so definitely. many quality films. And kick him out of the Academy on here, hearsay. Mm-hmm. He's a snake in the grass. He's a bastard. But mm-hmm. it seemed like it was an overreaction. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess my answer would be without knowing uh, more information, I, I couldn't tell you. Like I said... I guess even if you're right, even if the Academy doesn't have more information than we mm-hmm. are privy to, I guess that would still need – I would want to know that he had been brought in and at least had a chance to defend himself. Due or, process. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, it yeah. just feels like – it feels it feels like because of the political climate yes. that everyone is saying, oh, any, any bad action towards uh, minorities or females or anything like that, we're just going to deal with straight off the bat. If it's – I mean, there – Cosby is still part of the right. Academy, right? right? I mean, I saw oh, that wow. recently. Yeah, like okay, they, they so haven't that, taken any sort of so steps not, towards him. So you're saying it's not necessarily a a new wave, a, a, a new way of dealing with this? Like, okay, I'm saying it start, is a new wave, and I think it's such a really nasty precedent. There's a high seat. If this happened in the 50s or 60s, oh, of no, course, no yeah. one would know. No one would know, and nobody would care. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, which I think is bad. I mean, I know well, yeah, that, I'm I, not. I agree that I it's think bad, that's but, why it's being handled the way that it that it is. But I do think that there's a, a the pendulum has to the pendulum has to sit in the middle, not necessarily swing the other way. And it feels like now this is swinging the other way of like you said something bad and hurt somebody's feelings. Okay, you're kicked out of the academy. You know, it's it not that what he did was I mean, what he did was so much worse than speaking negatively towards someone, but it does feel like we're we're shifting almost like. Rumors have come out about somebody, so we're taking steps against you. That's frightening. That's that's frightening. That's Nazi oh, Germany it, all over again. It, that's it a, sounds like a witch trial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. scary precedent. Uh, yeah, it does. Uh, it does set a, a scary precedent. But I think, like you were saying, with the the pendulum trying to sit in the middle, it uh, you know it had swung so far to one side for so long that now you know we're still on yeah. the, the backswing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've so heard a- it, it's going to take a while for everybody to. To get over all the slights and right. like, okay, now we got to be level-headed about everything. You know, I've heard a lot, a lot of comparisons between Weinstein and uh, and Mel Gibson, and 
I don't think what Mel Gibson did was anywhere near what Weinstein did. Gibson yeah, was recorded privately. He sexually assaulted him. He didn't. No. He, I mean, he had bad things to say about Jewish people, and I think there's a lot of yeah. Jewish people within the industry, and that was met very negatively. And But all of that stuff was recorded without his knowing, and it was his private thoughts. And it feels like if they're setting a precedent to kind of kick people out of the club, so to speak, and if there are comparisons that are being drawn towards other people who have just expressed viewpoints, I mean, political viewpoints, which might, we might find distasteful, that, mm-hmm. that's scary to me. And I, I, that's, I don't so know. I don't like that. It, at this point, um, it's really... So he hasn't gotten any... Uh, you know, he's not being put in prison. He hasn't been convicted of, of any of these things. So legally, he hasn't had any of these actions taken against him. What he's suffering from is the backlash from the public as a whole. The yeah, he's a pariah. from, from mm-hmm. society. Right. Um, and that's, uh, it's something that we actually talked about in the last episode of our podcast that we did is uh, being intolerant of intolerance, mm-hmm. uh, being one of the only ways that you can actually fight intolerance. And this is actually, I mean, <clears throat> I guess you could say this is a, a bad example of it because it was so reactionary he uh you know getting kicked out of the academy so quickly um but i that was a problem that i had within your podcast and i don't mean any disrespect but it was a point that i had where you were talking about that like that we can't be tolerant of intolerance and the philosopher that you had had used as the the backbone behind that there, there were two problems that i had which is one that the quotation that you had used was talking about extreme tolerance and, and universal tolerance was the word that you had used, which is mm-hmm. is to say that we should tolerate all to- like intolerance. And I don't think that that's, I mean, if we were to do that, then we would allow, uh, you know, hey, you like to murder people? Okay, go ahead. I mean, obviously there has to be a line somewhere, right? Yeah, the, and right. so his his concept is purely academical. It's, it's not, um, I mean, when you're talking about an academic, concept and applying it to real world they don't always line up and mm-hmm. i do think that we have to be tolerant towards intolerance i would disagree with his philosophy and i can understand where he's coming from because in his world his math adds up but i think when you apply it to real world scenarios if we start if we're not tolerant towards other ideas it sends us down a really slippery slope to the point where we're no longer tolerant towards anyone well i i actually had uh, a similar problem i just i don't think uh, as a whole you can tackle big ideas like this um with a little adage oh you no know? yeah you yeah can. um there's nothing that applies that simply yeah to such a big problem um so you can't just say oh, i'm gonna be intolerant of intolerance dust off your hands and call it a day um uh, yeah, like I'm saying the real world just but well, that was that was the nugget that you guys were using mm-hmm. on that last episode to s- it Just, was it was it was specifically for that topic that we were talking about. It was for the um, uh, white nationalist rally. Yeah, um, uh, and the reaction that the the white nationalists have gotten, like the whole punch a Nazi thing. Like I don't agree mm-hmm. with the uh, like as fun as it can be to watch a video of Nazis getting punched. That's mm-hmm. that's you're not just, the way you're, to you're to the not tolerate their mm-hmm. intolerance. Yeah. <clears throat> but as far as uh, as turning people into social pariahs for for practicing things that society as a whole sees it's wrong um i mean i think that's just human nature uh like not tolerating things that that don't line up with their morals but uh that being said i do i do see exactly where you're coming from where uh you can't 
break it down to to that simple of a solution. Um, but uh, overall, I think what we're trying to get at with our podcast as a whole is to look into absolutely everything to find the the information for yourself, to find the facts for yourself, and don't take everything at at face value. So much. yeah. And well, can I ask you a question? And Ira, I want to I want to know what you think about this too. But I'm going to say something that's very unpopular. But um, I think when when Trump made the comments about the uh, about the whole you the the core of your last podcast was about and we're deviating off wildly but i'm going to do it anyway when uh the the last podcast that you had was about the uh the the tearing down of the confederate statues and then the the, i can't remember the dude's name but he uh, ran over history of confederate iconography right Right. in response to that trump says there is blame on both sides Mm -hmm. would you agree with that concept uh now, I've got to be very careful with the way that I say this. Um, I believe that there were uh, improper a- actions taken on both sides because there was uh, violence coming from both sides. Right. Uh, I, I probably should have prefaced that by saying, fuck Nazis. That's, that's my personal stance. Um, Ira loves Nazis. I am a Nazi. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, no offense, Ira, and considering your background that's strange but more power to you <laughs> he really just hates himself <laughs> um but i uh marching against the white nationalists i think was the right thing to do attacking them physically uh isn't the right thing to do because that's going to cause more problems i don't think violence is justified uh, in any situation unless it's you know self-defense um so no, I don't think that there's equal blame on both sides because if they were uh, the the alt right and the unite the right rally, they were going out there with very inflammatory views and very hateful views that just doesn't. But why is that wrong? Uh, I mean, it's, for, for it's them, not illegal, right? But I mean, they people have hateful views, and I think to 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 meet them with resistance only winds up fueling those views further. It only makes them feel more right. Do you know it, what I mean? It's, yeah. it's almost That's, like by, by letting the, the some pressure off the cooker, all of a sudden it it deflates the situation, allowing them to protest, allowing them to say what they want to say, kind of de-escalates. But when it's met with violence, when it's met with resistance, then it, then it further entrenches war. people. Yeah, then it then it turns into uh, it's full on us versus them. We have to we have to defend ourselves. We have to fight for what we believe in and. <clears throat> this whole thing, if it turns into a fight, it's, uh, I mean, it's already turning into a fight, which it's a, yeah. is a disaster. It needs to be a discussion. Uh, and as soon as fists start flying, uh, or as soon as, as soon as one side completely, uh, just digs in and says, this is where I'm at and mm-hmm. I'm not deviating. Uh, that's when you're going to have problems because even racist Nazis have stuff that they're upset about that, that needs to be addressed. And I'm not talking about, you know, getting different colored people out of the country, but there's a portion of those... Because uh, that's like a done deal, right? You already are agreeing with... Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. colonization. Everybody it was Abraham Lincoln's that. idea originally. <laughs> Just send them all back. No, that's, right. that's horrible. Um, no, but uh, what I'm saying is, uh, I guess, in their defense, we can't lump all of them together and say that they're all just a bunch of racists that are trying to uh, kick immigrants out of our country. Some of them could just be misguided and not know the true history of the country and not know what these symbols are that they're fighting but for. One of the things that you said, I mean, you, you, you presented an either or scenario about the Confederate flag within your, uh, within your podcast, which is either they know 
the history and are bigoted and, and don't like or they're ignorant of it. Mm-hmm. I, for example, I know the history. I knew exactly what you were talking about. And I'm, I, I'm from the South, and I have a Confederate flag. Like I, it's, it's still a, a, a point of pride because the context and the meaning behind it has changed over time. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you mentioned that the, the word monument uh, you know, has changed over time. It used to be warning. Yeah, yeah. And so over time, it, that's not what it means anymore. Words mm-hmm. change, language changes, and even our iconography changes. Mm-hmm. So because of the, the root history, um, some people go, you know, um, and do enough research to know what it meant, but that's not what it means now. Mm-hmm. And it does mean that to some people. You mentioned that there's a, a large chunk of people who um, who know what it, it that to them it means Southern pride, right? Yeah. I think it was like 57% or something like that. Yeah, over, over yeah. half. And to them, they don't mean any ill will towards other people with that. I think they're trying to say, look, we're proud of it. I mean, I know a lot of black people. I grew up in Tennessee who they flew with Southern, you know, pride flags all the time because mm-hmm. it wasn't about race to them. It was about uh, being prideful that you're from that area. So what about the statues being removed? What does that... Because that can't really represent Southern pride, can it? I think it can. It does. I think it does. I it? think it does. I think it, it absolutely does, especially if you're from that area. I think, first of all, I mean, okay, Lee generally did not want to join the South. He agreed with uh, the North politically, but he, he was, was fighting in support of Virginia. Right. But mm-hmm. he, and that's what he had said is, you know, mm-hmm. Lincoln comes to him and asks him and he says, I'm a Virginia first and I'm an American second. So mm-hmm. he says, I have to support Virginia. Virginia seceded. So I got to go with them. So... He, even though politically he wanted to side with the North, he chose to, to represent his state because that's what you do mm-hmm. in his view. And I think for a lot of people, it's a, a point of who should have more power, states or or the federal government. And that's mm-hmm. still being discussed to this day. I mean, that's still a big hot topic issue. So I think for a lot of people, they're looking at someone who made a decision to represent the state in spite of what the federal government wanted them to do. So mm-hmm. to them, they're going, yeah, this is great. And if we start looking at forefathers and slaves, that's something that you guys had brought up. Yeah. There's only one forefather who didn't have slaves. That was John Adams. And mm-hmm. he was the only one that held it without, you know, that's right. the, I guess one of the more prominent forefathers. But he's the only real guy who, you know, morally stood his ground and didn't uh-huh. have slaves. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, slavery is a nasty, horrible part of our history. Mm-hmm. But we kind of have to... I mean, I'm not saying that we make excuses for it, but we almost have to let that go and just say that was a, a, a horrible part of our past that these people did, but they did all these other things too. People are complicated. They're mm. not so simple as to say, oh, you have slaves and that makes you an awful person. You can have slaves and still do really good things. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's my viewpoint. What, what do you think, Ira? You have, you've been kind of silent here. Well, and again, by extension too, it's that same argument about banning Huckleberry Finn in 11th grade American literature because it does have the word nigger and a lot of people feel it should be banned for that reason. And no, I used I to teach... I don't understand that. About what? About no. banning it? Uh, about the, banning it, no. Right. And uh, I used to teach that. And my primary response was that, well, that was the word of the day. And Pap, the drunk father, was the one who would say it. And he's an evil right. guy anyway. Right. And it, it, by, by burning that book, um, you're, you're altering what was. You're, and you're actually... Your point was that it gives it... All ideas have a right to be heard, even the ones that are obscene. Otherwise, you're validating them when there's conflict yeah. and fight. And you're, you're making them more, um, you're, you're not celebrating, but you're giving them more oomph by physically fighting back. I'm getting back to your point yeah. right now. That mm-hmm. all ideas should be 
heard in open marketplace, even the obscene ones. Uh, I, and I agree with Trump when he said that both sides left something to be desired. I do too. I agree with both what, he, sides. what he said. Now, I I'll, get, I'll turn it back over to you guys, but I, I do want to say one of the things because you he would ask me the question about re the removal of the statues. I think another reason why General Lee is is so heralded as a leader is he was a fantastic military leader and i think uh, there's a lot of the, the best leader in the war right yeah. so i think there's something to be said there just just militarily speaking and i get what you're meaning about you know maybe we put these into graveyards but then they were tearing down statues in graveyards too so there it seems like there's no sacred place for these statues to exist and it's almost as if okay these were these were people that represented an idea we don't like so we must destroy them you're talking about the statues of Lenin coming down and I feel mm -hmm. like I, even those I, I'm not down with that I mean the statues mm -hmm. of Lenin should s remain and then we should talk about it we should discuss it and, and say you know what this is not something that we want to return to mm -hmm. so I, I don't know but I can as also get behind the idea of, of a community getting together and taking a vote and saying, all right, we don't want this anymore. So, I mean, you got to respect that. That's <laughs> the democracy of, that we signed up for. Yeah, I think in general it should be up to the people that that are most closely affected by it. I, I think the, uh, the main thing that I'm getting at as far as with the Confederate statues is um, if, if you have to walk past a statue of Jefferson Davis to get into the courthouse, mm -hmm. um, that's... Uh, to a, a person that has uh, had slaves as ancestors, uh, that could set a very uncomfortable precedent to see that uh, the right out in front of the, the courthouse that you're going to, to, to hopefully be treated fairly, uh, you know, by the law, uh, still has a monument to a person who was fighting to keep but their then ancestors you're, you're, as slaves. You're whitewashing, forgive the pun, you're, ah. white, you're, you're whitewashing. <laughs> Yeah, you're making it pretty. Yeah. You're making it pretty. You're sanitizing. Yeah. Uh -huh. You're sanitizing a history instead of just let it be, warts and all, and talk about it. Right. I guess part of it, too, is that it's all, it all seems to be happening at the same time. It seems to be a lot of changes, and I think that's part of what's unsettling a lot of people is mm -hmm. um, the people who would support that monument being up. If it was one monument... To be taken down, I think it would be maybe make some newspapers and, and ruffle some feathers. But the fact that it seems to be a uh, across the nation, hey, look, all these statues got to come down right now. And I think that's what people are are afraid of. They're afraid of the change. They're afraid of the fear. And I think that that's you know we we got into this by talking about Harvey Weinstein. And I think mm -hmm. that's part of um, this change that people are seeing that seems to be like it, the, like I'm saying the pendulum swinging almost too far the other way. We need to, to kind of right the ship to yeah. even keel yeah. a little bit. Yeah, no, it, it just yeah, I, it, I don't disagree with you on it, that. It, and it reminds me of uh, my my feeling, especially as a as a young guy, um, uh, my staunch opposition to censorship, mm -hmm. which this essentially is. Right, you're by tearing these down, you're censoring. Right. Um, on a, you know, national scale, like you were saying. Um, so I, I feel very divided by it. I didn't mean to, you know, kind of paint a very plain picture uh, uh, during that the recording of that podcast. But um, thank you for for bringing it. I'm so glad that one person at least listened <laughs> to it and had, a, know had a reaction. And has an opinion. Yeah. yeah that's, that's but anyway, that's fuck Harvey Weinstein. So, no, let's have Harvey on here next week and ask what he thinks about He's not doing show. anything else, yeah, I promise you that. available. He's sitting here going, is this what my career is? <laughs> it's coming to this. Uh, well, 
but we we have been talking about racism, and we did see a movie movie called The Foreigner. So. Let's talk yeah. about oh, this. good yeah. segue, yeah. nice transition. We yeah. should have him on the podcast. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, you really jacked really into that one. <laughs> the Foreigner, Robert. Let's talk about the Foreigner. Take us through it. All take right. us through it. Jackie Chan kicks ass. Okay, let's talk uh, about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Jackie Chan is dropping his. Uh, is she teenage daughter or is she college? She's teenage, right? Uh, teenage, yeah. Teenage I, she daughter. She's getting ready for prom. Right, that's right. So he's, she's getting a prom dress, drops her off at the shop, and then out of nowhere, boom, kablow, there's a giant bomb that's set off by some terrorists. It's the uh, alternative IRA. It's the, uh, the new, no, the, There uh, was another word, not new. No. Um, al- like alternative IRA? Something like that. The real, the genuine the IRA. The real IRA. Something like yeah. that. But it's yeah. basically the. It sounded like a Twitter handle. Right. I, you know, I'm. I almost wonder if actual? they actual. Okay, anyway, mm. I'd, I'd like to read the source material on this, uh, and and I guess I don't know. I just it, it almost kind of felt like they were saying IRA because they didn't want to say ISIS. You, do you know what I mean? Like I, it almost kind of felt like a well, go back to the IRA because that seemed safer, and we didn't yeah. have to deal with a lot of racial issues. Yeah, of course, I, my name being Ira, I was heavily <laughs> offended by that. Why is everybody against IRA yeah. in this movie? So I'm a Jew. Ridiculous. So yeah. basically, a Jew. IRA sucks. The IRA is awful. The IRA is evil. Hey, you talking about me or the movement? Uh, (laughs) Don't matter. Don't. So uh, uh, Jackie Chan's daughter is is killed in the blast, and uh, he's upset. So he starts uh, hunting down everyone responsible, and he wants names. He wants to find out who killed his daughter, and and he's going to murder everyone in his path. And in the process, he winds up uh, working against, with, I don't know how you even say it, Pierce Brosnan's character, who is the... Frenemies. Yeah. 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 A- Anima friends? It's almost more enemies <laughs> than friends. And uh, wants the names from Pierce Brosnan's character, who is the uh, representative of Ireland to uh, to the rest of England. Yeah, yeah. first Proper. prime minister. And who also, I, I noticed, always had a glass of scotch in it. Yeah, oh, they yeah. were sure pushing that a lot, weren't they? Constant. Yeah, it was, the, it was almost stereotypical. Every single time they had the Irishman on screen, there was whiskey. In every mm-hmm. shot, I noticed that. I take offense to that. Now, wait a minute. Whiskey is... I, I learned this. This is from the guy who doesn't drink. Whiskey has to be made in America. It would be well, I guess not Scotch. What's Irish? Whiskey There's has Irish to be whiskey. It's not. Con, it's not considered true whiskey. Like how champagne has to be made in France. In oh, France, yeah. yeah so and like be... Scotch has to be made in Scotland, and okay. tequila has to be made in Mexico. Mexico. Vodka has to be made in Russia. But there's what is it for for the fucking Irish? Uh, liquor, uh, Bailey's, I don't know, whatever. Uh, breakfast. Breakfast. Coffee. Breakfast. Yeah. Anyway, so right. so he's a lush. All right. Well, what do we think about the movie, uh, gentlemen? Okay. Well, this movie. Had... Great. So, what did you think? Ira? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to go in threes. That's, I, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Comedy comes in threes. Yeah. Um, uh, this movie, speaking of threes, had three iterations of Jackie Chan. Uh, this is the three stages of Jackie Chan. We have. Old sad Jackie Chan, right? Which I love. That's uh, my favorite Jackie Chan. Also. Yeah, I mean the. Uh, did you see the the Will Smith's kid, uh, the remake of the yes, Karate Kid? The Karate Kid. Oh, when when Jackie Jesus. Chan is simultaneously singing, crying, and beating the shit out of his car. That's such a great scene. <laughs> I loved it. It kind of was. I'm yeah. serious. It was no, that was we, a surprisingly good movie. Yeah, uh, I guess despite Jaden Smith. Yes. Um, so the second phase of Jackie Chan is the one everyone's more familiar with, which is the wily prankster. Yeah. Uh, and he's, you know, jumping off roofs. And I'm really glad that he can still do that because... I was impressed to see that he was still doing anything like that because yeah. he looks the old. Dudes yeah. And, like, yeah. He looks his age. Yeah. 
And then uh, the third stage of Jackie Chan, uh, we haven't seen yet. This is a, his debut, Machine Gun Jackie Chan. <laughs> uh, that, I don't remember was, him using a gun before. Did he's he never used a gun before this. I can't. And he jumps straight the... to Machine Gun. Do you know that? Which for is a, funny because do you know that for a fact, or is that? Uh, no, no. I you know no, what? I think in Supercop, it was a police story. Probably in Supercop too. Uh, cops generally carry guns. Yeah, yeah. So I might be wrong on that. I just, you know, I, growing up as a kid watching the Jackie Chan movie, I've never you seen know, him he, use a gun. Yeah, yeah you don't, I, I it's not common it at least. Huh. Maybe not never happened, I, but I think I can safely say he's never really used a gun as a weapon in one of like just to straight up shoot somebody, mm-hmm. like maybe yeah. to scare someone or like he throws it at him or something like uh, that. I, it I, seems I, like he'd like disassemble it and then like take the pieces right, and yeah, exactly. use the spring and pop an eyeball out yeah, or something. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, but I liked Machine Gun Jackie Chan. I did uh, too. Overall, I, <laughs> Machine Gun Jackie Chan. Honestly, that sounds like a very funny. What's the What's the cards? The death, Machine Gun uh, Kelly. Machine fucking, gun. Oh, cards against humanity. cards humanity. Oh, yeah, oh, Machine Gun Ka- Machine Gun yeah. Jackie Chan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, overall, I I was honestly expecting it to be worse. Um, I think Jackie Chan did a really good job. The intro of the movie, I absolutely loved. I thought that it had the the right tone. It it kind of showed you the relationship between him and his daughter. It showed you how uh, important it, she was. Yeah, it really it gave a lot of clues about his character because even if you looked closely, you would see that he had scars on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that he had some sort of rough history. He you know warns his daughter to look both ways or watch for cars when she's crossing the street. He doesn't even want her to get out of the car before he's parked. Um, so you learn a lot about it, and then uh, in that in that short period of time, they build up enough empathy between, uh, between you and him that when he does lose his daughter, it's, it's pretty sad. And uh, he's just fucking old Jackie Chan. You, you can't not love He's got the sweetest face. You can't. I defy it's true, you. you can't. Okay, please don't tell me that you don't love him. I love him. Great. Okay, good. Okay. This isn't gonna just right. degenerate into a fight. <laughs> Ira, what did you think of the movie? I liked it. Yeah? I thought it was simplistic. I thought it was a linear story. That being, it was a, a beautiful blend of Taken mm-hmm. and with a little MacGyver thrown in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. I thought it was formulaic. I thought that we have a character who's kind of a sad sack, old Jackie Chan, milk toast that was set up well. And then, what am I trying to say? I liked it. It was formulaic. But for what it was, it, it was it was fine. I was impressed with the acting. Mm. I, I, Pierce... Wasn't he James Bond at one time? What yeah. the hell? He happened? still looked good. No, he didn't. He looks frumpy. Oh, I thought he, he looked, looked really okay, good for he his looked age. Okay, he looked older. He's getting on in years. A little bit I of think a he tummy. did look tough. Uh, he now, if he t- would have been the the you know thin James Bond, Pierce Brosnan, I don't think he would have been in, uh, intimidating at they all. They just shouldn't have shown him without a shirt. That's what it is. He's got the moobs. Yeah. He does have moobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know moobs, Ira? <laughs> Do oh, I? Sorry, Ira just grabbed uh, yeah. his own chest. <laughs> was anybody else bothered by his accent? I, it, yeah, a little bit. I was aware of the Same accent, but inflection it was through the, the, the tone. It, it sounded yeah. like somebody trying to do an Irish accent. Right. The other actual Irish actors in the scene, they would have range with the way that they were talking. But right. He just had the same repetitive, constant upward right. inflection. Yeah. Uh, and it it really got to me more than I, it bumped I think you? it should. Yeah, I just, any time that, I couldn't take anything that he was saying seriously because I was like, he's doing a voice. <laughs> I think, uh, I, I like the movie as well. I think, um, first of all, I don't think Jackie Chan did any wonders for the stereotypes of Asians driving because that opening scene when <laughs> oh, he gets into the, the car accident, dude, 
Jackie, don't you know how to parallel park? You pull up in front of the space. And not only that, the guy's in front of him. He he accelerates into him. Yeah. Like, the car's directly in front of him. He, there's no way that he can And the car that. is backing up, right? The guy has his reverse lights on. Jackie Chan is still applying the gas. Well, he's, he's in another world. He's still thinking about his daughter and, like, oh, my God, she's finally going to prom. I don't know her boyfriend. Uh, and, you know... He's not. He's not. But yeah, he has the, the wherewithal to be able to design bombs out of <laughs> everyday homemade ingredients. Now, I I don't think that they really uh, handled that part of his character well enough because <laughs> his driving. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, no, the, he like, was on the, the wrong side of the road. I don't know if you guys know this or not. <laughs> he was driving on the right hand side, and it has to be confusing because I guess movie cars sometimes have the steering wheel on the right-hand side. It must be for stuntmen or something like that, but that's got to be confusing also. Yeah. Uh, and he's old. He's just... He, I, can't, I can't stress enough. He is getting old. Yeah. How old is he? He's got he's to be... He's 43. Oh, I thought... <laughs> be at least I thought this was turning into a Rodney Dangerfield joke. <laughs> uh, I'll look up how yeah, old he is. Yeah, I, I am curious about his... Um, yeah, wait, I, let's I, take a guess. I'm, six, I'm, six, I'm, just, I'm thinking late 60s. I'm going to say late 65. All right, hang on one second. I'll pull right, it up. Let's get this now. What's your What's your guess? Uh, I would say yeah, 62. 62, 64, 65. 65. I'll say We're 67. All... One dollar. Wait, yeah, the high, yeah. <laughs> okay. Who comes closest gets a Buick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, hang on. We need producer Joey. I know, right? Yeah. Okay. What we like this tap is how dance? the show just stops. <laughs> <laughs> you guys keep talking. I'll look it up. Great job, guys. Well done. He's 63. Damn oh, it. 63. So we, I said, said 62. 60, oh, it's okay. Yeah, but Robert said 64. But so that closest to closest was Bob Barker rules. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. Bob Barker right. rules. Right. Right. Come right. on now. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, so I get, the, I get the beer. Is that what you said? I don't even drink. <laughs> I didn't say I get the beer. I said you're right. There's no beer. It was something about a Buick. A Buick. A Buick. I said the winner gets a Buick. Okay. And a beer. Yeah. You're better off with the beer. So is... Is anybody familiar with the? Uh, I I'm not saying I've read it by myself, but has anybody like read a synopsis of the Chinaman, the the book that the movie was? Based I haven't on? read. I can try to pull it up here. Uh, yeah, I it in the book it, they actually it seems like they explain it much better because they explain that he fought for the Viet Cong before he was captured and then forced into service for the Americans, which kind of makes a little bit more sense with him uh, being able to build. Uh, booby traps and things like that yeah uh, they still don't do a very good job of explaining how he i mean i don't know like my grandparents when they were alive they couldn't do anything with a cell phone they couldn't man they couldn't do anything with a computer i don't know how he knows so much about this stuff but i guess it would have been boring if they threw in a scene of him spending like five hours on google just <laughs> yeah. sure um, I've got the plot. It's not even very long for the uh, for the Chinaman. This is from Wikipedia. It says, Jungle-skilled, silent, and lethal, Nyun Yok Ming had killed for the Viet Cong and then for the Americans. Imprisoned and tortured after the communist victory, he escaped with his wife and baby daughter to Hong Kong, but only after being forced to watch Thai pirates rape and kill his two eldest daughters. Now the proud owner of the double happiness Chinese takeaway in South London, he watches his daughter grow into a beautiful young woman, secure in the knowledge that the horrors of his homeland are finally behind him. 
until the day an IRA, IRA, all right, all right, jeez, <laughs> bomb in Knightsbridge store snatches his family from him in a horrific maelstrom of fire and glass. Then, simply but persistently, he began to ask the authorities who were the men res- who were the men responsible, what was being done, and was turned away, fobbed off, and treated as a nuisance. Which was when the Chinamen, deigned injustice decided on revenge, began a campaign of terrorism to extract the identity of his daughter's killers. You know, I want to say something. This ties into what we were saying earlier, too. The title, The Chinaman, Mm -hmm. and obviously they changed it to The Foreigner. Mm -hmm. They were going to call it The the Chink. The 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 Zipperhead was what they were going to call it. Political correctness. I think The Chinaman is a better title than The Foreigner. Uh, They did use it once in the film. Uh, Pierce Brock. He was Pierce Brock. Yes, they, they called him. Times. Pierce Brock they called him a Chinaman. Chinaman. I think the title, the Chinaman, is a, and this is another example of whitewashing. Well, what, what, it, is it whitewashing? It's a uh, right, right, raw, right, <laughs> hard, right, right. <laughs> that is so Cassie your humor. God. What I just did That's is very so Robert Cannon. <laughs> right, so rock, like, right, right. Do you? That was a Scooby Doo impression. Yeah. For anybody who thought he was being racist. No, but this ties into what we were saying. Scooby Doo is so. racist. Is racist. <laughs> That's what it. Making fun of Asians all the time. That's Scooby Doo. <laughs> do you? Do you think that? I I wonder if they felt like they could get away with it a little bit more because Pierce Brosnan isn't American. I wonder if that discussion was floated because mm. I wonder if if an American were to say that it might seem a little bit more charged. I don't know. There's yeah. just so much discussion yeah. about race yeah. in America yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a pretty big topic. No, I think you're. I think you're right on about that. If it was an American, it would have been like, "Whoa, wait a minute." Did he just call him a the the ch word? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what's the ch word? You have to go to your your, your Rolodex. Rolodex. Wait, which, yeah. which ch word is it? There's a bunch here. Chia pet. <laughs> hey, come on! I, this is a family show. You've seen my hair. You fucking see it. That's right. No, I don't like that term. (laughs) So what else do we think about um, any of the... I like the, your description of it being kind of a MacGyver film. You know what other Taken, movie? Taken, Taken, Taken MacGyver. for sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah, there was another movie that it reminded me of a lot, which we reviewed on this podcast, especially the fight in the stairwell, Atomic Blonde. I was oh, it I, really reminded me a lot of Atomic Blonde. I thought Blonde. we were going to say Home Alone. <laughs> it, did, uh, it did have some Home Alone stuff. Fight I've seen. Yeah, yeah. but Atomic Blonde <laughs> gave the illusion of being one continuous take. Yes, and as opposed to the that shootout in the. In the living room slash kitchen was multiple angles, right? right? But yeah. but you're right; it, it was reminiscent of that. I'm it had a feel of that also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think you could watch both of those side by side and be pretty, uh, pretty, pretty set for a little while. These uh, are companion right. films. Yeah. It, the, yeah. The the I think the the stairway fight that you're referring to is uh, it's the very first uh, like actual action sequence they have right when they all corner him in the bed and bathroom. And, yeah, and he's trying to bathroom. hammer yeah. through the. Yeah. Hammer. Okay. Yeah. yeah that uh, I was actually. I was happy when they, the fight on the stairwell, I was happy that there was a lot more grappling and struggling and, mm. and you know, Jackie Chan falling over. It looked much more convincing than yeah. a lot of Jackie Chan fights do. Uh, yeah. Because there's, they're great spectacle and they, you know, have yeah. really intricate chore- uh, choreography, but... Um, but it almost it, feels like you're watching sports instead. Yes, of, yeah. I, that's that's yeah. absolutely right. It some and I think some of the stuff in the woods with the the nephew where he goes to try to hunt down Jackie Chan's character mm-hmm. when they're fighting in the woods, their hands are moving so fast. And I, I get it. I know that's like the that's the style, mm-hmm. but that, it doesn't. It, it takes something away from me. I guess I don't know. Maybe I was raised too much on like the lethal weapon. Just 
uh, you know, like the street oh, brawl kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that fight yes. between Mel Gibson and Gary. But yes. I miss those. Let it be oh, mono yeah. mono. Yeah, and Let it be I mean, this was, but it's so. It was, but it's that rapid fire. It, it's it's almost superhero. Do you know what I mean? It, it, we see a lot of even Batman starting to kind of yeah. move that way, yeah. where it just doesn't feel like it, you've taken away the relatability. That's right. Well, yeah. they're supposed to be the best. You know, um, it's supposed to establish both of them as like super hardcore military guys who are okay but they said that he was trained by special forces Mm -hmm. the nephew was just some like hunter who was familiar with the woods though Uh, no he was a former ranger yeah he was like a i i think we got to do a test all right so cooper gonna bring in a ranger and you're gonna fight him and thanks (laughs) (laughs) i've i've met rangers from both sides of the ocean and i wouldn't want to mess with any of them but do you do you feel like they could fight like that no absolutely not i'm not saying they're they're not good fighters but if you see uh somebody who's actually been trained to fight by the military it does not look pretty at all it looks very brutal and fast uh because it's not it's not anything pretty like throwing fancy combos or kicks or anything like that. It's really a lot more, okay, I'm going to grab this guy and hit him with whatever is the hardest around me. And if I don't have anything else, I'll use my elbows. If I can't use my elbows, I'll right. use my fists or I'll stomp his head. It's, I mean, it's nothing fancy. It's, it's literally just doing absolutely anything you can to fight for your life. And these are some techniques that you can use to do that. And see, that seems so much more... In right. a way, kind of more interesting visually. The thing is, they I think did it's that. So much they more did that a couple times when yeah. Jackie Chan would like he was like you know kind of struggling to find something around him, and then he would just use his grab knee a lamp or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or to, to, the, to yeah. the side of the guy's head, and it's like okay, that seems more realistic. That, yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah, yeah but uh, the the super rapid fire punching and blocking. Uh, to me, those uh, one of the main things that bugs me about those really fast fights is none of the hits look like they would actually do any damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're so fast that, I mean, especially like the behind-the-back kicks and things yeah. like that that you see in a lot of movies. It's like... Uh, that, uh, do you think maybe they were doing that as like fan service for, for Jackie? I yeah, think I think so. Exactly. Yeah. I think yes. the, in, the entire sequence of him going down off the roof was, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. was fan service. Yeah. And right. then I like that term, fan service. I, never, I love that expression. Yeah. That's nice, uh, nicely worded. Did you just coin yeah, that? Did you range. coin that? Just no, then? no, I've heard that before. Oh, uh, you should, oh dude, actually, you, you know, should have just edit that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is one problem. You were talking about kneeing somebody in the head. When he goes over to the guy's uh, door, lifts up the door handle, and knees him in the face. Do you remember this yes, scene where he's kind of walking? Jackie yeah. Chan just is uh, trying to get rid of somebody who's watching. Yeah. That door would have been locked, I'm sure. And oh, it, just that is knowing, the first thing I thought yeah. too. I was like, there's no way that this that this gangster is going to sit around in an unlocked car and not be checking his side mirror because they're right. looking for people to do that. To right. Me. But even, even if it was like the character wouldn't have, I just know like knowing my luck, you know, like if that had been me or anybody else, it would have, it would have been locked. But fuck man, I was going to need you in the head. And then yeah. you just have this really awkward moment. Like when you're trying to let your friend in the car, but they keep pulling the handle right when they're trying to unlock it. <laughs> yeah. And that's the guy that he's looking for. You know, he's looking for Jackie Chan. And so I kept thinking that he would stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Especially in Ireland. Right. Uh, well, I mean, anywhere he went, he did stick out. Yeah. But it, it seemed like a lot of people just forgot they were looking for somebody of his description. <laughs> they were just bad at it. They couldn't see very well. They were all drunk. Obviously. They were all yeah. Drinking nonstop. Uh, that's right. I don't see race. <laughs> just see the man. That was a perfect Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> I don't see race. I just see the man. That was <laughs> Robert. That was, uh, 
all right. Anything anything else somebody wants to say about it? Yeah. I mean, again, for me, I, I, when I say the word linear, I think, you know, it set up the problem yeah. and it just takes oh. us through it in a very mm-hmm. – and it delivered. I think the movie for me was a, bit, a little bit better than what I was expecting. It, it did what it was supposed to do. And uh, again, for me, it was it was taken. It was what was that famous scene with that uh, we used to make fun of? With, Give me back my ter- uh, oh, ransom. ransom. ransom was, yeah. You know, you guys yeah. know that. Give me oh, back yeah. my son. Robert and I, we laughed for a long time about that. Give me back my son. Yeah. And it was they got the or in this case, she's she's dead, and then it's that vengeance thing. We know that it was formulaic. It was simplistic. It was well done, and the movie delivered. <laughs> yeah, I think it uh, it they didn't do anything wrong that I could I could really think of. Overall, I think it's a very middle of the road movie. Like I when I walked out of there out of there I wasn't like, oh man, that just blew my mind. You know, right. I wasn't like walking out of Mad Max or something like that. It was like Yeah. But Notice that Mad Max just got brought up on the podcast and it wasn't me. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Maybe it was the two huge posters that were next. Yeah, what, what do you might have had? Do you think it's a subliminal thing that I'm trying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but overall, it it's like if if it were to show up on Netflix a year from now and I didn't have anything else to watch, I'd throw it on and fall asleep to it. Hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I it's mean, kind of insulting to the filmmakers, no, I mean, right? I'd fall asleep to your movie. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's not so engaging that yeah. that it's impossible to sleep. Yeah. But it's also uh, not so terrible that you don't even want to put it on. Right. It's it's engaging enough to um, keep you watching until the end of it, uh, at least through your first watch through. Sure. Yeah. 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 I uh, yeah. I was never bored. I I was entertained, and maybe that's because I grew up watching Jackie Chan movies. Always loved his stuff, um, and it's still just really nice to see him still working. Um, but yeah, I I was entertained. Okay. I think the the only the only major gripe that I have about it is uh, at the the very end of the movie. Uh, well, not the very very end, but after the, uh, there's a shootout in the apartment, and then the one girl right. gets left alive, and they're they shoot uh, they're questioning her about where the where the bomb is and everything like that. When she gave him that whole "you're too late" and started laughing, I was like, oh, what? The, oh yeah, what, who? All of a sudden. Who does that? Come on. The, the, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's one of the biggest she, tropes. She grew a curly mustache and started twirling. Yeah, it. you're too late. <laughs> no, that, uh, I think that but was But she like, was sure to spit in his face. That, yeah. that was, I can buy I that. Like the spit. I yeah, like the, the spit. Yeah, the spit was good, especially after roughing her up and they yeah. stuck, stuck his finger in her gunshot wound and everything. That was all brutal. But, the like, the scene was good up until she did the laughing. The evil laugh. Because it's, it's I, like, it's I don't know how so anyone expects villain. anyone yeah. to take an evil laugh seriously. Anymore. You're too late with all your radios and walkie-talkies. <laughs> You'll never get there in nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I Unless did like... the plane gets delayed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know how you do that <laughs> with only nine minutes to spare but i guess uh, that that being my biggest gripe um i guess that kind of speaks to it not being a horrible movie i did like the the part where the guy's like pull her shirt down and uh see them titties yeah. and he busts out his little uh you know electrical Nipple clips, clips. Oh, yeah. Yeah, i'm kind of sad that we didn't get to see that that would have been i uh, would have had some real balls on it. it yeah it bothered me at first because i I cannot imagine any situation where uh, either a special forces police unit or anti-terrorist <laughs> unit is going to be carried, carrying like that. bringing around an interrogator <laughs> who has a pelican case full of torture equipment. That's just not good mission planning right there. But but they did uh, know that they were making bombs inside, so that is a possibility. They could know. I don't think that they would have had the uh, 
the forethought to think like, okay, we're only going to have one survivor who's going to be bleeding out, so we're going to need to be able to interrogate him very quickly. Uh, I think it would have been, okay, we gather up who we can, we take him, you know, do what actual the cops do. Right, right. Yeah. Um, hook him up to a car battery like a normal human. Like, you take him back to the police station and hook him up to a car battery. Right. You're going to get caught doing it in public. Right. I got excited when he said, yeah, open up her shirt. I thought, oh, I knew you would. I saw you getting gorged. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about money shots. Uh, so wait, real fast, let's do a rating. So uh, let's do money shots and then rating. So, oh, really? Yeah. What are your money shots for the film? What, what are some shots that you'll remember about this movie when you think back about it five years from now? Jackie Chan crying every time. It's always wow. going to be Jackie Chan crying for me because that is just heartbreaking. Like I said, he's a very adorable he's a, he's, man. He's a sweet old man now, mm-hmm. and it, it's sad to see him. I'd, I'd have to say the money shot for me was when uh, it uh, it was a departure from the rest of the film, and I, I do have to admit it was kind of jarring, but when he just went full-blown frontal nudity and masturbated to completion on the camera lens, oh, I mean, there's no other the money actual shot. Money was that when I went to the bathroom? The, yeah. yeah, it was right at the beginning. Uh, before the whole sequence with the daughter, I missed that. You really did. Uh, yeah. No, I think I, I think might go back and watch that. it That's tonight. That's my favorite as well. <laughs> you know, uh, no. Overall, I think uh, I think I have to agree with Dusty that my my favorite shot was Jackie Chan holding his daughter crying. Mm. Yeah, uh, it, well, yeah, yeah. It's a toss up between that and, and him when shooting the, the machine gun. And him, no. Uh, when the when the police ask him, uh, is there anybody that that we can call, or do you have any other family or mm. something? Along yes, those lines? that was. And he just looks at him, and you just see like one one or two tears roll out of his eyes and he just says I have no family left Yeah, uh, and that I thought that was very hard. I knew yeah. he was going to say that we knew that line was coming I have no family I have yeah. no family that, left she was all I had right. I knew there'd be a variation I, of that sentence I, yeah I, I figured it'd be something along those lines but mm-hmm. I think he really nailed the delivery and he just looks so sad mm-hmm. I just thought it was kind of inappropriate that the cop was like ah you'll get over it and then pat him on the back <laughs> and left like, no, and I think they left the evidence there he didn't even say whether it was hers or not. Yeah. So they're just like, here's this bag of evidence. Oops, we forgot it at this guy's house. Good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, that actually didn't make any sense to me because they didn't confirm whether or not that was evidence yeah. uh, and then just left it. It's like, we think this is your daughter's. It was found next to her body. Well, they're, uh, bad. they're bad cops. They couldn't, they never found him. You know, they were just really shitty cops, I think was the thing. I, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but I, I feel like that they're, to me, I don't understand why he was so concerned about the cops not doing their job because arguably the cops would have Solve finished it. their job yeah. it, without him getting involved at all because they were there at the end during right. the climax. If he wouldn't have been there, they would have they would have captured him anyway. Right. If I think they needed to add some element of corruption in the police force or uh, some way that that he knew that if the even if they found out who these people were, they're going to get away. He didn't mm-hmm. seem to have any reason. He was just to, impatient. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I don't think you're doing your job. I'm going to go out and do it myself, which I, I, I don't know. I I feel like there should have been more drive for him actually taking it, the, yeah, taking, taking it into, taking his, own into his own hands. Ira, what was your money shot? I, I'm stealing yours, even though it was a cliche line about uh, she was all I had, I have no family left. And that was a very tender moment. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I really being it. Ira, and at least I'm being consistent, I got to tell you that that, that scene... It was uh, Pierce Brosnan. It was the wife, right? It was his... Yeah. Yeah. And with that young kid. The nephew? Yeah, the ne- the nephew. And that was pretty erotic. That was pretty hot, even though it wasn't consummated. Just the way... Are you talking about where he blows that, her brains out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the way he lifted her... Or where he blows her brains out. You can't yeah. penetrate anybody yeah. more than that. And that was a pretty uh, hot sequence, I thought. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I saw that coming, to be honest. Yeah. You did? 
I uh, didn't. No, I, didn't. no, I, I, oh, I saw I, you I, mentioning I, I, that. I get it. I, get it. <laughs> I, I saw Ira coming. Yeah. 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 In uh, your popcorn. I'm like... <laughs> Salty. In your popcorn. All right. I got to tell you, this is going to be a movie that uh, I'm going to forget. I don't know that there are real strong money shots here. I'm, it's going to be a movie that I'm going to go, yeah, I know, but I can't really remember much about it. Uh, it did fall very middle of the road to me I, th- I think you had said that Coop earlier and I, I tend to agree with you it's good it, it's it's a decent movie and I, I don't have a whole lot negative to say about it but it's not memorable it doesn't really stick oddly to me one of the shots that I'm going to think about most I think are a lot of the the drone shots and I think that was just because I was going oh that's a drone shot oh there's another <laughs> drone shot oh there's another uh, when he jumps out of the, the off the roof and and uh, grabs the pole and swings around. I'm going, oh, there's a drone shot. <laughs> so uh, those will be the shots that will stick with me, and I don't think that's really what they had intended. Not for the, not for the right reason. It, it does seem like they're overusing drones a little bit too much in, in the, these films. and, and it's, I don't think that's going anywhere. I think it's going to get harder to notice, but I don't think it's Oh, I don't stop. think it's going to stop. No, I, I don't think so either. They look beautiful, uh, but they just... To me, they just call attention to themselves. Uh, but I, I don't think I'm in the majority here. I think most people are like, oh, cool. It's just it's a sweeping shot. Usually it used to be helicopters. Now it's drones. And, and I think drones just make it easier to, to do. But I think you're going to see a lot more of those. Um, and I guess for whatever reason, I think the fight in the woods with that little hut is going to stay in my head. But I don't have a good motivated reason why. I think your, your money shots are way better than mine. And I, I, th- I wish... Your money shots for my money shots, but for whatever reason, I think that's what's going to stick in my head. We had this this exact same conversation at the last gangbang we went to together. I know, I know. Your money shot is going to stick in my hair. <laughs> um, it is. So yeah, all right, there you go. Do we want to rate it? Do Are you going to rate it? it? Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. What, what letter grade would you give this? Uh, I'd say that this is a, a it's a C average film. Yeah. No, C plus. I'd give it a C plus because I feel like a C is kind of looked down on in this day and age, even though I was a C student, yeah. Um, D student, close enough. But yeah, I'd, I'd give it a like C plus. Not an F for foreigner. No, not at oh. all. That's good. Damn it. No, That's a good. C for Chinaman. Yeah, ah, <laughs> this is nice one, Ira. There you yeah. go. Ira pulled me out of it. Uh, yes, yeah, Dustin. What do you think? Uh, I'd I'd give it an extra plus. C plus plus. C plus plus, just because you you're know. into that programming language. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm into Jackie Chan. I mean, that was the nerdiest joke <laughs> we've had on this show. Thank you. Three people are laughing right now. Tune into Iconoblast podcast. For yeah, for more like and more of those programming low flying for many singers. many esoteric jokes. <laughs> Ira, what grade would I'm you right give? I'm right in between a B B minus. Okay. Right in between a B B minus. And I would give it an L, because that's in the towards the middle of the alphabet. <laughs> Why's it got to be A through F? I mean, what the fuck, guys? Come on. Yeah, There's a lot more letters. However, yeah. if you're forced to give it A through F, it would be A... A? No, and it would be... A. Huh? It would, it would be B. B? <laughs> it would... What? <laughs> I'd give it a B. Yeah. All right. A through F, I give it an E for... Eh. <laughs> C for Chinaman. That was very that was nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our top five. Oh, so right. we're going to talk about top five foreign characters. Hit it, Vern. I was going to say, cue it, Vern. And now, kiddies, it's time for our top five favorites. And now, wipe off that frown as we present our countdown. We ain't joshing, and this ain't no jive. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. All right. So now 
We've got top five foreign characters. What do you guys got? Um, Iron, let's start with you. We'll start with me? Is that okay? Yeah. Are you ready? I am now. All right. What's your number five? Number five. Foreign character. An American in Paris. An American in Gene Paris. Gene Kelly, 1951. Vincent Minnelli uh, directed that. Liza's father. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, here we had an American mm -hmm. in Paris. I also had music. George and Ira Gershwin. Oh, the IRA. Oh, there you go again. They're back. That's my fifth. That, that was favorite. the biggest act of terrorism they did. Can, can, <laughs> the music for that film. That's great music. Sure. It's a beautiful. Um, I'll, I'll one up you with an American werewolf <laughs> in Paris. That's on my list as it's well. It's on my list. It's on my list. <laughs> That's so funny. That's on three of our lists. I don't think it's ever. That must have happened before. I don't, I don't know that we've had one on all three lists. Have we ever had all three? Coop, is that on your list? Is it? No. no. It, it Fucking black sheep. Yeah, black okay. sheep I, right here. I actually I misunderstood the question a little bit because I wrote down the most prolific foreigner I know of, which is Foreigner the Band. Oh. They've been in 107 different <laughs> yeah, 107 <laughs> movie credits. This is a film podcast. Yeah. 107 yeah. film credits. Is that Don't Stop Believing? Well, let's let's talk about American yeah. Werewolf in London. Let's talk a little bit about it, Dustin. What do you want to say? Um, I, I was just uh, trying to one-up Ira, honestly. Oh. I, I, that wasn't original. Oh, it's not on your... List. I got all... <laughs> no. Well, it's no, on mine. It my, is on mine. Number five was Tom Hanks in The Terminal. Oh, The Terminal. Oh, that's, that's a good one. That's, that's a really good. One. Yeah, because... Uh, uh, I mean, it's just, it really singles him out as the foreigner. Yeah. Because he is, he's the only constant uh, uh, in that movie that is, you know, he's out of his element completely. Yeah. Um, Talk about fish out of water. Yeah, right. You guys know that was based on, like, actually based on a true story. Yeah, I'd heard something yeah, about I, that. I think it was an Iranian guy or something like mm -hmm. that. But, yeah, he was in there for even longer than Tom Hanks was. Because I think he just left in, like, 2006 or something like that. Oh, really? What? Yeah, he was in there like a long time, longer than mm. than you would imagine. Yeah, uh, I'd have to look it up to know the exact. Right, date. right, right. Huh. Coop, what's your number five? Um, <clears throat> my number five is actually Jimon Hansu. Um, and pretty much any movie that he's in, he's generally a foreigner. But uh, I think I'd single him out for Gladiator because uh, he's probably the uh, further from home than most of those people in that in that movie and also he's just an amazing actor I think he's so 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 underused is this the big black guy yeah he was in Blood Diamond uh, yeah he was uh, he had a part in the first uh, Guardians of the Galaxy um, he's been in, in tons of movies he pops up all over the place and he's actually a, a really really good actor I think he's in a, a movie that's also on my top five but he's not the foreigner mm. hmm. I have a couple little mysteries going on <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> But I won't tell you. You've got nine minutes to find out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number five is David Kessler, who um, was played by David Naughton in American Werewolf in London, 1981 film, uh, with great special effects, directed by... Uh, Landis, John Landis. John Landis, right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, thank, with the assist from IRA. That's fine. Nice. Uh, yeah, so the great makeup... I. I, it's been a while since I've seen that film, but I, I couldn't help. As soon as we started talking about foreigners, I was going, that really was a, because it was kind of this fish out of water, but also a, I mean, he was a foreigner, obviously, uh, but he, having something so shitty happen to you while you're, you know, in uh, traveling abroad, it just really compounded the whole issue even more than. It makes it even more foreign. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree with you there. And I think that that probably has one of the most 
scarring transformation scenes I ever saw as a right. child. It uh, even today I think it looks great. It does. I mean, it, it does. You can obviously, tell it, that it's, it holds it's up. Props, but it, it yeah. look, it's so we should well say done. this was before CGI. Right. Yeah. Um, that movie was uh, 1980, 1981. Yeah. Before, well before CGI. Wow. The effects were very uh, convincing. I remember your number four. My number four is. You guys might want to nail me on this, but I hope you don't because... We'll nail you. I know you will. Yeah, I know. He's, I'm going to make the argument that he is indeed a foreigner in this in this environment. The movie Witness with Harrison Ford living among the Amish. I'll take yes, that. Yes, it's all yeah. in the United States. However, he's a foreigner in that community. No, I I definitely agree. I think that that's a, I'll take a, that. very, yeah. a very unique way of looking at it. But Thank yeah, you. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah. Dustin doesn't seem to agree, but I, I well, think Coop and I are in total agreement with you. No, I, I agree just because I have something equally murky, if not murkier. Equally me murky. <laughs> By the way, let me just say Peter Weller. Um, not Peter. Uh, Peter. Who? Yeah, Peter. Pete, the, Robocop. Australian director. Uh, oh, that's Peter. Who directed? Now I can't think of uh, Witness. Go for it. Yeah, I'll look it up. Um, he, he did lots of terrific movies. Australian. Really? We're going to do it. 1985. Harrison Ford and uh, Peter... It'll come to us. I thought yeah. George Miller was the only Australian director. No, so this you guy, blew my mind. this mm-hmm. guy, uh, Peter Weir. Peter Weir, that's oh, okay. it. Yeah, we're talking Dead Poet Society. Right. Oh wow, the Truman oh, okay. Show. He directed the Truman really? Show. Great movies. Yeah. Anyway, that's my number. That's awesome. Okay, so go ahead, Dustin. Number four would be uh, you know, Lilu Dallas from The Fifth Element. Oh, nice. She's yeah. kind of the ultimate uh, foreigner because you know she's from space or whatever i don't remember exactly she's she's uh, manufactured to be this fifth element that doesn't previous being. the perfect being mm-hmm. that doesn't previous previously right. exist so she's manufactured strictly to be foreign yeah i think you're right so nicely I, done i okay. can i can almost guarantee that every single one of us has a luke basson film on there yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh oh uh oh uh oh what do you got, Coop? Okay, my number five is uh, Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men. Nice. Wow. He is, nice. I think awesome. he is one of the the most intimidating characters ever ever created. Yeah, and, he's uh, terrifying. I don't think anybody else could have played him the way that Javier Bardem. No, the, I think you're right. The haircut, the deep gravelly voice, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's weird because Javier Bardem is one of those guys where it looks like he's had a really long, hard life, but he's still handsome. He's mm-hmm. just like a super rugged guy, mm. and yeah, he just he he really brought it uh, in that film. It's weird. Yeah. Every probably like three or four years, we get a performance by somebody where you, you might have seen him before and other stuff, and maybe you haven't seen him before, but all of a sudden, the, it just they do such an electric performance that it catapults them into household name. And, um, you know, like Kathy Bates from misery, you know, you, you oh, see that. Yeah. And just after you see it, it's like, okay, well, we're going to be hearing a lot more about Kathy Bates soon because she's fucking unreal in that. And, um, and Christopher, uh, what's his name from, uh, Inglorious Bastards, uh, Christoph Waltz, Christ- yeah. Christoph Waltz. Right. Uh, of course, I say it's a household name, and I can't think of his name. <laughs> uh, but he, I mean, he was so electric in that movie that oh, yeah, it's, it's okay. Now we've got a new star because mm-hmm. this guy is fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like Javier Bardem brought it that to that level in No Country for Old Men. He was yeah, I, amazing. I actually, I haven't seen another role of his that's really lived up to that level. Like, yeah, I think that he did a really good job as the villain in, uh, was it Spectre or Skyfall? Um, yeah, I can't the, remember. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, one <laughs> of the, Skyfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think he did a really good job as a villain in that, but it seemed like he was just channeling Anton Chigurh again. Yeah. So uh, I think he's like probably top five best, like greatest villains of all time. Yeah. All right. 
I think John Goodman is probably the greatest villain of all time. Every time you get John Goodman to be a bad guy, Barton Fink, holy yeah, crap, he's, great he's Barton charging Fink. down that Even Tim Cloverfield Lane. And, um, yeah, even he, the Cloverfield sequel. He was the sequel, best part of that movie. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, all right, so my is it my turn? Yes. All right, my number four is, as uh, Coop mentioned, a Luc Besson film from 1994, Leon, played by Jean Reno in Leon the Professional. Mm. Am I allowed to use this one? Go for it anyway. Okay. Yeah, so, let's like, yeah. I mean, I happen to know for a fact to use that within the last yep. year. Oh, yeah, that's that's the reason why Robert, we should explain. Now All right, well, why. then, uh, emergency number four, then. No, I'll say, uh, what from Midnight Express, <laughs> the, uh, oh, okay. what the fuck's his name? Uh, uh, that, I was going to use him too, but I didn't. Um, um, uh, this is one of my scoops of ice cream that I was going to use. Oh, fuck. Now I got to look it up. Give me a minute. Go ahead, Ira. Or no, do the professional. It's okay. We're really kind of. Yeah, Coop, you took it away from him. <laughs> Gotta fucking we, we had know this, my show better than me. We had the, well, it was I, your idea. It was your idea, Robert. I yeah. didn't want him to take it because that, that was going to be the next oh, one on my list. Billy, <laughs> <laughs> it's Billy. Billy Hayes. Oh, Billy, <laughs> <laughs> where he's uh, stuck in the Turkish prison and uh, and he can't get out. So yeah, I'll throw. Uh, it was Brad Davis played. Billy Hayes in Midnight Express. There. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I don't have okay. brought that one. Okay. <laughs> Good job, but I still like your professional. All right. I, I, it, yeah. All right. Yeah, thanks, Scoop. Go ahead. What do you got, Ira? Right. What's your number three? We're on number three, everyone. <clears throat> uh, lost, lost in Translation? Mm-hmm. Lost in Translation. Yeah. yeah. Bill Murray, and uh, he's in Japan. What yeah. was he doing? Filming a, a beer commercial? Yeah. Right. I think that's why he was uh, yeah. there. Sophia Coppola. Mm-hmm. Coppola or Coppola? Coppola. Coppola. I never pronounced yeah. Of course, she directed a 2003. And I always forget Scarlett. Scarlett mm-hmm. Johansson was a love interest Scar- in that yeah. movie. 2003. Good old mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. my number three. That's solid, right. solid. Okay, so here's where mine start to get murky. Um, uh, my last one was uh, Lilu Dallas from The Fifth Element. This one's John McClane, uh, Bruce Willis in Die Hard. He's kind of a fish out of water. He's a New York detective mm. placed in L.A. Wait a minute. I, I know you're giving me witness because it was murky, yeah. but this, he was with the Amish. Mm. Yeah, this is, this is um, substantially uh, murky. No. Now I see you dare to label mine murky? You no. want to talk murky? What was the... If you did the latest uh, Die Hard movie where he goes to Russia, there I might go. give it to you. Okay, okay yeah. that's what I meant. Because that's your favorite Die Hard movie, I'm that's sure. <laughs> That's what I heard you say. Uh, my right. favorite Die Hard movie, I don't remember. <laughs> Coop, what do you got? Okay, What's your number so three? Number three uh, my number three actually was Jean Reno from The Professional. That's, okay. Uh, uh, I, I came very, very close to putting him at number one on my list because the Leon The Professional is one of my favorite movies of all time. Same here. Um, I, why have they not made a sequel with a full, like a grown-up Natalie Portman as a full-grown Matilda. I have the answer for you. Do you want to know the answer? Yes. Because I sat down at a uh, Q&A with Luke Besson not too long ago, and I, I got the chance to ask him that, no and, a few other, and people were asking about that. He doesn't own the rights to the story. Oh. And and it was, uh, he said he wrote something, and he uh, tried, and Natalie was on board, and the people who owned it just wouldn't do it. And he was like, "Okay, it's it's not going to work anyway." So he just kind of eventually gave up hope that it was going to work, and he made uh, Columbiana instead. And Columbiana is if you've if you've seen that movie, it's remarkably close to a similar uh, to a sequel. Interesting. So yeah, it, I don't I don't think I've seen Columbiana. He like he wrote it and produced it. He didn't direct it. Mm. But it, you'll when you watch it, if you go if you just imagine Natalie Portman, you'd go, 
yep, this all makes sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but excuse me, but at the end of the professional, she walks out with that plant. Isn't that And he, he, he's dead. Yeah, yeah. He gets killed in a shootout. So we're talking about a sequel. Without him. Without him. Yeah. Yeah, well, which, no, it would totally work because he had already trained Matilda how, good point, how to be a good cleaner. Point. Right. But you know what? Some of the charm of that movie was her age. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, and some of the creepiness, too. Have, yeah, have true, you guys ever true. read the, uh, you can find the original, like, unedited script online. Oh, no. And it's even more Lolita than the movie was. Really? Oh, it gets, uh, there was uh, there was a lot more uh, emphasis put on the relationship between the two of them, like the, uh, the tension between the two of them, uh, which... I, I can understand why they got rid of that part because it's, it's really I don't know why they would <laughs> <laughs> no, because America's so closed minded. And by the way, that film was shot at the Dakota in New York. Okay, oh that was the that one that you said. Uh, all right, yeah, was it right. really? Yeah, it was the big stairwell where she's smoking and she's got her legs dangling. Oh, down. I love that and shot. That's the Dakota. Also, That's a Dakota. I think the final. I now that you mentioned that, I think the final shot where uh, John Reno is walking into the the dark. Um, yeah, alleyway tunnel, kind of thing. I, I think that that's the entrance where John Lennon got shot. It might be. I don't know. Oh, wow. Because uh, it looks a lot like that. That's cool. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that for a fact, but I know they shot that a lot of that stuff at the Dakota. Huh. Oh, that's Some, awesome. Something I, I forgot to mention about the uh, Fifth Element. Did you know that um, he wrote that in his high school years? Really? Yeah. The, wait. He, oh, uh, the Fifth Element he did. Yeah. yeah I thought you were talking yeah. about The Professional. No, no, no. No, Luke, no, no. no. Because he wrote, he wrote The Professional while he was waiting to find out if... Uh, if Fifth Element was going to get funded or not. Right. And he had like two weeks and he was like, ah, I'll just knock this script out real fast. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. I hate those talented ass. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, is it to me? Uh, mm-hmm. All right. My number three is about um, a character played by uh, Dave Golez and he hopes to go back there someday gonzo from muppets in space in 1999 oh that's good and i know the muppets that was right in the the range where the muppets were getting shat on all the time because they were turning out some real crap but muppets in space is actually pretty funny and it's got some really good lines in it some of the characters uh pepe the prawn comes out and he's he's really funny in that movie Uh, there's some shit stuff that happens but I really like that movie, and I feel like because that's Gonzo's movies, that's probably the best. That's his movie. It's probably the best one to uh, to focus on him being a foreigner when he finds out that he is an alien. That's that's that, great. That's, a that's good really one. nice, Robert. Thanks. Yeah, I like that's that. Really, one. I love how you think out of the box. Thank you. All right, Ira, what's your number? My two? number two is the one that you had previously mentioned, American Werewolf in London. I love that film. We already mentioned it's John Landis, nineteen eighty one, and uh, starring. The, the kid who did the Dr. Pepper commercials, you know, mm-hmm. that was what he was known for. You guys are looking at this, this incredulous look from both of you. <laughs> David Naughton? No, n- n- yeah. And they, anyway, I love that film. And like we were saying earlier, it holds up real well. I love the music mm-hmm. and it just flows. I like the fluidity of that movie. Right. It just delivers. Mm-hmm. And it was just fresh and different. All right. Dustin, what do you got? Uh, this one's uh, uh, the alien from the movie uh, Alien. <laughs> <laughs> that is a foreigner. We'll give you that. Very iconic. Yeah. You would need a passport. Kurt, don't you ever bring him on the show again, all right? I didn't want to. Okay. Yes. Okay. Come on, I came up with these on the car ride over. <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, he had less time to work on everything. Then. So, uh, tell us about why that's one of your favorite. Why that's your second okay, favorite foreigner? So, um, because that's one of my favorite movies of all time, and um, 
I've watched it so many times, and uh, I never thought to w- try and watch it from the perspective of the alien. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know. Uh, he must have felt pretty scared. <laughs> you know, people coming after him with flamethrowers and stuff. And like, let's what? just say he was misunderstood. Misunderstood. <laughs> you know, he's probably a, a nice guy when you sit down and talk to him. What were your feelings about the new Pr- Prometheus movies? Uh, Danny Covenant. McBride was <laughs> tremendous in Alien Covenant. Do you I mean know. that or do you mean sarcastic? No, no, no. I hated him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I actually I, liked um, him. I, really? Uh, yeah. I, I, I liked Alien Covenant, and I think that the only part where uh, Danny McBride fell short was when he was trying too hard to sound official. Uh, like okay. when he's, he's flying that uh, that like hovering platform down to the surface of the planet, and he's like saying all this jargon and stuff. It's like. You sound like somebody talking about something you've never talked about before in your entire life. Right. Like, they, they should have fixed that. Yeah. I, I really didn't like Michael Fassbender basically, like, making out with himself the entire Oh, I like time. that. I you like, like that, that shot. Yeah. I thought the flute scene the, was the, the really... Flute shot with the flute, uh, flute The flute was... It's it's very homoerotic, but I think that oh, really? overall... Uh, <laughs> it, well, I I personally liked it. I, I thought that... Um, I appreciated it a lot for how difficult of a shot that had to have been yeah. uh, to pull off, uh, how difficult that had to have been yeah. for Michael Fassbender to act because you know he's got. He's I, got th- two again, I go, I go back to Moon uh, being far superior. Sam Rockwell oh. does that much better than I Michael Fassbender. I would did. not disagree with you there. Okay, well, Coop, what do you got? What's your number two? Uh, my number two is somebody that we've actually already mentioned. It's Christoph Waltz as Dr. King Schultz from Django Unchained. Okay. Uh, as the dentist. I uh, I absolutely love everything that Christoph Waltz touches. Uh, he could be in a movie that I hate, and I'll still like his acting. He's I think that he's one of the the just best and most charismatic actors that uh, that's out there right now. Uh, actually, he's uh, working... Well, a friend of ours is working on a, a project that he's on. That's the uh, Alita Battle Angel movie that, that he's doing next. He also mm-hmm. seems like the kind of actor who's just really overly nice, where you're like, dude, not only are you fucking talented, you're such a sweetheart, and I want to punch you because you're so fucking yeah, nice. I, I definitely picture him as the type of actor that when he's on set, he'd offer the crew water yeah. as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've uh, mm-hmm. never met him personally. He could be an asshole. But he seems like a really nice guy, and I, I, I love him in Django Unchained. Ira went on a date with him once. Oh my bad. Uh, my number two. My number two is a character you're all you're gonna slap your heads in a minute and wish that you had this on your list. Because I'm not. I didn't have to say the movie. I'm just gonna say the character's name. Long Duck Dong. Oh wow. Oh. Yeah. From Sixteen Candles. Yeah. Getty oh. Wintana from 1984, the foreign exchange student. The yeah. Long Duck Dong, man, come on! What he, a great foreigner. Yeah. He inherited the. Uh, what was it? Uh, was it Mickey Rooney that used to do the the super stereotypical? Yeah. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. yeah, that actually was. Yeah, it's funny you're saying that. I I was playing with that, and you're talking about in Breakfast and Tiffany. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Where uh, he, this, and he apologized. Like Edwards apologized. It was so stereotypical with the fake teeth in the glass. I'm sorry. Go back to yours. That's it. That's yeah. all I had to say. Yeah. Long yeah, that's, long. A, that's a good one, and I personally love that character. I think it's hilarious. Ira, it's funny. You're, you're. I, I keep saying this. You're so out of the box with your thinking. Thanks, buddy. I enjoy that. Who's your number one most favorite foreign character? Okay, and let me first preface it by saying I'm back on the word favorite. I don't think this is 
I'm having some fun with my first choice. It's not a Howard the favorite Dog. film. Is it Howard the Dog? <laughs> about that. However, you're not too far removed. The white guy in Avatar. Oh, Sam, Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. And here he Another is in this Worthington. land of blue. It's obviously a very ambitious film. And uh, I don't know if it's my favorite of the five. However, I wanted to have some fun with this. Obviously, it was um, with uh, James Cameron, 2009. And he indeed is as foreign as can be in that land, a fish out of water. I cannot believe you didn't take the opportunity to say Starman. I'm changing. My, <laughs> I am changing my. No, I love it. Oh, because like, with your rule, with your rule, I'm not allowed to. You could have at least it. gone Kevin Spacey with K-Pax. Yeah. You know, actually, what did you think of that movie with K- uh, K-Pax? I wanted to like it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I wanted to like it. Yeah. But St- Robert, I know Starman. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. I, and that would have been also one to include in the top five. Anyway, Avatar. Avatar. All right. All right. That's Dustin. One. Who's your um, number one? My number one would have to be Jackie Chan in The Foreigner. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen it. I haven't seen it. Is it good? Uh, I've, I've yeah, wanted to. I give it a solid C++. <laughs> you mean The Chinaman, right? Yeah. Chinaman. Yeah. yeah. Based right, on The right, Chinaman. Right. right. Uh, Shh, you're American. You can't say that. <laughs> Take it away, Coop. Oh, my gosh. I was going to do a real one. Uh, no, I've mentioned it two times already. Uh, Sam Rockwell and Moon. Okay, Sam Rockwell um, and Moon. That's one of my top yeah, movies, really and, and you know you can't really get more isolated and more foreign foreign than that. All um, right. Uh, also directed by uh, David Bowie's son. I think really? it's really cool of him that he didn't use that to, to attract any it. attention. Yeah, I didn't um, even know that. Yeah, little, but little it's his last name. His last he goes with his father's no, his, surname. No, 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 no. His uh, shit. I can't remember. It goes with his, his mother's... Ziggy Stardust? Yeah, <laughs> Ziggy Stardust. That's right. Yeah. Directed Stage by name. Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> All right, Coop, what's your number one? Uh, I can almost guarantee nobody thought of, of uh, what I have on number one. Martin Lawrence in Black Knight. You well, don't get much more <laughs> out of place than that. Uh, anybody who's not familiar with Black Knight, it's a, it's a story about Martin Lawrence going you're to... You're not familiar with this, Ira? Uh, somehow... A, I'm, I'm glad you're not. A, a medieval time-style restaurant somehow has an actual like portal, portal to, to the past in it. So yeah. he gets transported back to medieval times. Uh, I, I don't think it's actually King Arthur's Court. I think that was taken by the movie A Kid in King Arthur's Court. Um, uh, but yeah, great. Very, very Man, out of place. You know great what? Night. You saw this, Teaches Robert? people about No, you Nikes. didn't see this. No, did you see <laughs> Oh, yeah, I saw, you saw Black yeah. I'm not kicking myself for, for not having that movie, but it reminded me of Beverly Hills Ninja. Chris Farley and oh. Beverly Hills Ninja. Oh, but you, you know where we, where we missed it, and I, I didn't realize it until you just said it, was uh, the um, Evil Dead, the, what's the fucking, Army of Darkness. The third one, yeah. That's oh, what I should have said. Yeah. Are these the scoops of ice cream? I guess they are. Okay. Yeah, these are scoops. <laughs> nah, we're doing scoops already. Uh, real quick before I give my number one, I got a good scoop of ice cream too, and because I'm last, no one said it. Uh, but Jennifer Connelly from Labyrinth, I thought, was a pretty good oh, one as well. Yeah, Because she was good. definitely a foreigner yeah. there. But my number one, no, the, the character that you said before. Uh, King Schultz? No, no, no. Uh, I can never say his name. Dijmon Hansu, is that his name? Oh, uh, yeah, Jimon Hansu. Jimon Hansu, is that yeah, his I, name? I'm, that's, that's who you I, said, that's right? That's how I've heard it said. Yeah, that, yeah. Jim he Hunter. is in my number one movie, but he is not the foreign character that I like. Now, although he does play a foreigner, he's not my favorite foreigner in that movie. Is it Blood Diamond? Uh, nope. Uh, my favorite, 
my it's one of my favorite movies ever and i don't know if i've said it on this podcast but if i have i'm gonna fucking repeat it and i'm gonna stand by this one it's the character of johnny played by uh patty constant constant however you ever say his name but the movie's called in america if you've ever seen it it's a jim sheridan movie it's fucking no. amazing it's 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 I've seen incredible to america it, no, this is called In also America. It's from 2002. That In America is good, too. <laughs> this is about a, an Irish family. Uh, it's a father and his wife and their two daughters. And they come to America uh, in like the late 90s, early late 90s. And they try to just sneak into America and try to start over in America. And they had lost their son. Uh, he had died in Ireland. And so they're, they're trying to fit in. They don't have a job. They have no money. And how do they just kind of deal with the the trials and tribulations of being an immigrant in modern America. It's really fucking good. And, uh, and the Jimon Hunsu plays a character named Mateo who lives in their kind of slum apartment building. And, the, and is this set in modern America? Or? It, yeah, it's like 1990s. So oh, wow. it's, uh, it's really good. It holds up. It's uh, 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 Samantha Morton plays the, the mother character. It's really good. Check it out in America. Yeah. I hadn't, hadn't even heard of it. Hmm. Yeah. I never have either. All right, what are some scoops of ice cream? I, I don't think I have any. You don't have any? This, because I had to shift my five. Oh, I, I panicked on it. But I could mention, like, even, this is a crazy one, but uh, Natalie Wood is Maria in West Side Story. Now, she was Puerto Rican. Hmm. Living Ooh. in New York. <laughs> Question, do you need a passport? No, because it's actually a territory of the United States, isn't it? Yeah. Do you need a passport to go to Puerto Rico? No. I don't believe so. Oh, that's almost that, as murky That's as almost John as bad McClane. as, yeah, you, yeah. you came up with yeah. <laughs> But, I, I mean, in my defense, he repeatedly says in that movie, fucking California. Like, he's completely baffled by <laughs> how California works. <laughs> um, the rule of thumb is, coast. you need a passport. You need a passport to go from one okay. to the other. So if that's, that's the it, rule. Well, wait, then I just shot down my own witness. witness. Oh, my yeah. witness? I just yep. blew my witness. <laughs> that's one way to keep him quiet. That's what she said. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we did it, guys. We Yay. reviewed The Foreigner. Do you guys have any other scoops of ice cream? Any others to share no? that didn't um, make it in your list? No. Uh, no. no. All no, right. I, I cool. think that's it. My, my actual number one was Christoph Waltz. I, I threw on uh, uh, Martin Lawrence because I thought that was silly, and I, I didn't have a number five. <laughs> I, I, already, I already mentioned coming to America, so. Uh, You're just trying to. Try I'll to, take credit for that one. <laughs> You're just trying to restate or like re, regain your credit. Your credibility. A, yeah. What Attempting was, to. What was that Peter Sellers movie where he had the really kind of like. Being there? No, not being there. Great movie, but yeah, um, yeah. The, the kind of culturally uh, insensitive Indian character. Was that the party? The party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Huh. I don't think I've seen that one either. Really? Huh? Have you seen yeah. that one? I read. That seems in your wheelhouse. It is in my wheelhouse, but I've never seen it. Huh? Oh. It's something I should see. Being there's better in my. Oh, opinion. being there. That's so good. yeah. And what that that would make a pretty good. I mean, he was foreign in that yeah, movie, right? Actually, yeah. I mean, wasn't he like? Otherworldly. Oh, well, he walked on water at the end. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think you can make a pretty decent argument. Interesting. Yeah. I dare John say Peter McClane. Sellers is foreign. Yeah. yeah. John McClane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, guys, we did it. We recorded we did a it. podcast. Awesome. Gentlemen, thank you. No, thank you. Guys, it was thank a pleasure you so much having you in the studio. Us we've, been, we've been looking forward to this. Yeah, great. Yes, fun. I mean, this will be the last episode that we'll never air, but, you know, Ooh, it's great to have you here. Yeah. Well, I mean, admittedly, it... it you know, didn't quite meet up to what I was expecting, but I still had a good time. You know what? Today, today was the foreigner of doing a podcast. Uh, it wasn't bad, but probably should be about it. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I just want to give you guys a shout out. So, a kind of blast podcast is available. Can they get it on iTunes? Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, you can go through Libsyn. Yeah. Uh, you can find it pretty much wherever you get podcasts. But uh, we prefer people going to our iTunes page. Right. And then, of course, you want to rate and review that podcast. Yes, rate and review. Rate, review. That subscribe. Helps out subscribe so much. And subscribing helps out a lot, too. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, if you're looking for any, any truth about. Um, icons and history and little known facts and things like that it, it can be a fairly eye-opening show all right great and then uh, speaking of rate and review if you want to rate and review us you can do that for money shot podcast in the itunes store but more importantly for us we're trying to drive some traffic over towards our film 30 love which you can check out on amazon prime we mentioned earlier in the show so go watch that uh leave it running on and you're in the background while you're at work because Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. always fun. Yeah. yeah, because the sound guy did such a good job just listening to it. <laughs> it's gonna be a yeah, I, I heard that, uh, that, yeah, the sound guy was not only talented, but he was very handsome as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, Crosby? But then he left halfway through, and we had to get this other guy. Oh, not the original one, not the replacement. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you can check that movie out. Please be sure to write a review for that. We need a lot of reviews on Amazon and, of course, IMDb and uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Any place that you can write a review would be great, but especially those, that would be really helpful. As for the podcast itself, if you guys have any problems with the foreigner or if you have any problems with our top 10 list then you feel free to write us an email you can send us an email to robert at moneyshotpodcast.net or and or ira at moneyshotpodcast.net or you can send us a message through twitter which is at moneyshotpod or instagram which is at moneyshotpodcast we're all over the place we really are really are you can also find us on itunes we're on stitcher we're on google play go to our website or tell a friend let somebody know about the podcast share the love share the love the love of be foreigner movies. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking okay. about. Anyway, <laughs> don't be a foreigner to this podcast. Whoa! Yes. I, I was going to wow. say, even if you hate it, tell your enemies because then you're wasting at least an hour and a half of their life. You Ooh. know what? You're absolutely right. Or your frenemies or en- enema friends. Enema. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like something different, but I'm interested. Do you want to go get a frenema after this? Let's let's get a frenema after this. <laughs> all right. So we're all going to go get frenemas after this. And so until next time, keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. Dude, Jackie, don't you know how to parallel park? 